Hey, what's up, listener? Thank you for pressing play. This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, our thoughts on the final Star Wars Rise of Skywalker trailer and the first trailer for Bloodshot starring Vin Diesel. The Joker movie is on its way to becoming the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. Wowie zowie! And director Francis Ford Coppola joins Scorsese in bashing Marvel movies. Plus... Our spoiler review of the pilot episode of HBO's Watchmen and a whole bunch more all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Wednesday, October 23rd, 2019. Hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, the voice of Ezra Bridger on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Check. Check one. All right. This is for all you fans out there. Just give it up. Oh yeah, hello listener, how you doing, thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Jock and Nerd podcast where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews and whatever we choose, cue the boing! Boing. Jock and Nerd! (laughs) Boing, say it with us, listener, my name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. And we got to say hi to everybody's favorite foul mouth puppet who, when he's not podcasting, is out delivering felty justice in the back alleys of Sesame Street. Of course, it's Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? Yes, the puppets will call for me and I will say no. No, and I will whisper no. Yeah, they call. Yes. They call. Look out for felty justice. Yes. He'll beat the, the cotton. No. You will beat the cotton out of somebody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Whoa. Listen, it's been kind of a crazy week. I want to catch uh, maybe the new listener up on some fun stuff. Uh, the biggest thing that I uh, was excited for, I had Geek Boner for this week. Geek uh, as we got retweeted by one boss logic. Oh, shit. That was very nice. Uh, uh, and if you are a new listener, check out our last show, 298, where you could hear from boss logic live from the floor of Ace Comic Con. Uh, and he gave us a little t- retweet, and Ace really loved the review. So uh, that's going to be good for us next year. Uh, Anthony, you may have to show up to the convention. I might have to. I might not have to. I might have to do that rather than going down to my old. Uh, College town, or go to Vegas for another bachelor party, or anything, or yeah. Another Just, EDM. I should I should stop living my life and go <laughs> and hang out with uh, Boss Logic. Otherwise, I'm giving Jimmy McPike your credential next time. Like, He's a Anthony real jock. Has to do like the the equation in his head is, mm, is this worth, worth me <laughs> not having fun for yes. an entire weekend? <laughs> what is this worth? Then uh, the other, the last thing in the feed, if you are a new listener, check out. Uh, I published finally the review of this awesome chair I am sitting on. Thanks to I the folks at eWinRacing.com for sending me a sweet gaming chair. There's a full review, written review, audio review with photos. Uh, and they liked the review. They were very happy. 
If you want a chair or you want to buy a chair for someone and makes a great holiday gift, you can use the promo code JockNerd at checkout at ewinracing.com and you will get 25% off Woo! one of these really high-end premium luxury Ewin Racing gaming chairs. Totally worth the money and the comfort. Use that discount code. Save some money. Get a chair. Who everybody needs to sit. Everyone needs to sit. I got your chair for you. Even for, even those that think that sitting is bad for posture, it's not when you sit in the except in this chair. chair that gives yeah. you a little back pillow and makes you sit up straight. Like right now, I'm it, sitting up straight because of the it awesome will fix pillow. Your osteoporosis. Well, let's not claim all that, Anthony. We don't have. Medical. I'm just saying. Okay, I, I'm not. Hey, a Ron, don't you like to sit on balls? I do like to sit on balls, and I said that in the review that I've been sitting on a ball at work for like eight years and this chair does not hurt my back it, it it's like being on the ball it keeps you upright and uh you can also lean it all the way back anyways go listen to the review. i heard that review. chair has the cure for cancer it might possibly does <laughs> it's well, a, it's also magical it'll give you superpowers well, uh lots of things happen when you get e-win racing it, gaming chairs so with 25 percent off with yeah. the code jock nerd you basically get the cure to cancer <laughs> If I sit down allegedly, fast, sometimes I sit on both of my balls. Yeah, well, I just sit on one at a time, Rugs. <laughs> I think you're doing it wrong. All right, you nuts. Oh, let's, you mean? Okay, <laughs> let's get to the geek news. <laughs> the uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of the Skywalker just released. Their final trailers will be coming out this December twentieth, and you know they released it. Now, where you release all great geek genre trailers, apparently, Monday Night Football. Oh, shit. Which I think is really interesting. Anthony, remember how we were talking about the nerd archetype moving from Kevin Smith to uh, Chris Hardwick? Now, yeah. I think it's guys like you. Is, is, is All of us. Right? It's people who uh, like football, and now they also like Star Wars? How does that feel watching that during football now you don't have to you don't have to hide that you like this stuff. <laughs> you can be out of the oven you can be out of the out of the proverbial nerd closet and <laughs> well, what, do all of the things well, what are you gonna do when these are all the movies that are out this, there's nothing else to watch good, as it's a good point, a good point. The, the real nerds will find something else as coppola was saying well we'll get to that slow yeah. your roll let's talk about this trailer first uh rugs why don't you start what did we see in this trailer uh, it, it, there's some voiceovers. There's a bunch of random clips. There's some cool moments. What did you think of of uh, what they're showing us? I feel like that J.J. Uh, Abrams can cut a good trailer. Oh, absolutely. He always brings like the goods and all the fun stuff and the shots and the the cinematography and you know the the music swelling up and you know making you feel something. Like it, it did all that stuff. Yeah. All right, but. I'm also a little bit trepidatious about this movie. Um, when C3PO like says to everybody, I'm looking at my friends. I'm like, you barely know these people. Exactly. I did think that also. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, why would you use that, like that kind of a head scratcher in your trailer, uh, without any kind of like, uh, context to that? But I, I think overall, it gives you enough stuff to kind of, uh, get you pumped. And gives you stuff that uh, is going to confuse you a little bit. There's a, uh, you, you know, in the last trailer you saw Dark Ray. Right. They didn't really allude to no, that. In not this at one. all. Yeah. But they did show both of them together, like hitting something together. Like they teamed up last time. They're going to team up again, maybe this time, or maybe I don't know what's going on. But 
There's a lot of like little <laughs> things like that. Um, they, you know, at one point they showed the Millennium Falcon dropping in, and you could see some of the the, the ship from Rebels is in Dude, there. Every and- ship in that shot is an Easter egg. There are ships in there from every Star Wars movie and multiple video games and multiple cartoons. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So, I mean, that was good geek geek owner moment for the second. I did enjoy the trailer and think it's a good trailer, but I mean, that if the movie is uh, beholden to The Last Jedi, uh, I don't know. I don't know how how excited I could get myself. It needs to undo The Last Jedi. Like, yeah. I have to like talk myself down from the trailer. I'm like, The Last Jedi, The Last Jedi, The Last Jedi. Yeah. And go, okay, how far can he stray from this? How, how much can he fix? Um, and so even though I'm like, oh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a JJ Abrams movie that which the force awakens had a little bit more of that charm yeah, and that love for the fan, uh, then, uh, the last Jedi the did, which had yeah. pent- contempt for the fan yeah. and said, fuck you fan. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of like at- lost at sea with this uh, trailer. <laughs> Anthony, let me ask you, uh, we all know not the biggest star Wars fan, but no. you have taken this journey with us in all- in the new movies. Yeah. Uh, watching this, uh, well, geek boner or floppy jock. What were you feeling? Uh, boner. Not geek, geek boner. boner, just the middle, just regular just the boner. Just yeah. because I'm not a star, obviously not a Star Wars fan. Um, Last Jedi, I just found to be boring, yeah. and I found a lot of the story not to make a lot of ton of sen- a ton yeah. of sense here. Yeah, but this trailer for final for uh, Rise of Skywalker, I thought was beautifully shot, very well cut. Um, as Rugway mentioned, the music's all in the right places. Legitimately, by the end, I was like, oh, this is. I guess this is. I kind of was like, oh man, I maybe a. I'm feeling something for Star Wars. He's by hitting the, the notes. This. Yeah, yeah. He was. He hit all the right notes. Yeah. Um, as Michael Cherkowski and the Jockiner Nation point out, it it is a little funny that J.J. Abrams just loves putting spaceships in Earth Why settings or Earth-like giant, settings. Yeah, spaceships but, in the Earth atmosphere or the planet it, it, atmosphere. It cuts for a beautiful shot. Well, space horses, yay or nay? What did we think about the space horses riding on top of it's, the Star it's, it's all sorts of things that you didn't think you would see right. together in a film. So I think it makes for a, just interesting visuals. I think the colors are really vibrant. Yeah. Um, the you know the music at the end with Ren oh, was her name uh Ray Ray yeah with her kind of tearing up I mean it, it's hitting all the right notes so for me great really good trailer who knows what the movie is gonna be like I don't even remember what where the story left off at the last movie so that's uh, where that yeah good point I think there's a time jump and maybe Ray's been trading more uh no I felt the same I thought it looks gorgeous the music of course is fucking what gives you the fucking geek boner. Uh, feels, but uh, a lot of interesting things. I love seeing Lando and Chewie in the Millennium Falcon. I like seeing Rey and Kylo uh, sword fight in the rain on top of the uh, Death Star, possibly. Uh, you see the throne, a lot of Game of Thrones-ish stuff, like the throne, and then you see them in the in the Death Star that looks like the throne room was destroyed from Game of Thrones. I thought that was interesting. Um, Carrie Fisher reused footage yeah, they is very use interesting that, they use the shot i mean they they use that shot of her and ray cl- uh, hugging very very intentionally to make you feel yeah like this is the movie like you have to see like this is the last time you'll ever see this actress well yes i mean it is I mean, she's it's a, they cut to ray crying yeah while she's hugging her. i mean i think there's gonna be a lot of carrie fisher in how do this. you feel about how do you feel about um 
Palpatine. So we kind of get a shot over Is the that shoulder the from the first. Yes, one? that's yeah. possible. And he, he has a voiceover saying, I've waited a long time. I thought he was dead. Well, that's the thing. Uh, my only criticism is if you bring Palpatine back, then what the fuck was the point of Anakin killing him at the end of Return of the Jedi? It doesn't yeah. it undo all of that. Like that was for nothing. They're like undoing everything. They're like, I mean, this whole series has made Han Solo an asshole, Luke Skywalker an asshole. They are. And <laughs> they're just all oh, complete yeah. fucking assholes and not heroes of the story anymore. The other concern I have is they can't, you know, this is. This movie not only has to finish this trilogy, but has to land the ending of a 40-year nine-movie saga. And I don't know – I don't have a high sense of hope that they're going to be do, able to be doing that. The, the marketing for it – sorry, just to interrupt. Yeah. But the marketing for it is very similar to Endgame in that like, yeah. we know there's more movies coming, right. but this is the end of this saga's – and in this case for Star Wars – a much longer period of time saga. The Skywalker story, uh, the end of Palpatine, who's been a threat throughout all nine of these movies now. Wasn't he, but wasn't he dead? He was thrown in the was middle of the, the Death Star one? and then blew up. No. Was that Smoke? That was Snoke. And then he got Snoke? chopped in half and nobody even knows uh, what he was or who he was. I also feel like that line Ray says is, you think you know me, but you really don't. Like, that's directly at all the fucking haters and the fans and the people speculating. Well, we really don't. We but don't we know don't, her. We She's don't right. So, okay. We don't where, know where, shit. Where are we at with the last movie? Where did it end? Uh, at the end. Oh, remember the kid was, there was kids who had the Jedi Force. Oh, and they had the Force, They were floating yeah. the, the broom. Well, they were at the casino. They all pile into Millennium Falcon after she makes the rocks go up. At the end of that thing. Well, yeah, so the, the rocks come. They open is, the cage. Was there some sort of revelation about her at the end? No, I, I totally we don't. No, no. But like power wise, was she more powerful than something? Or uh, now she didn't. She was training in that movie, and from what I well, could, she did that rock thing. She oh, yeah, the raised rock. all those the rocks. rocks. Yes, like then, that's a, that's a superpower. Right, and then Kylo the Ren killed Snoke. Uh, yes. And he's basically still bad and leading everything? Sort of. I mean, and there's the shot where they both smash, like, Vader's helmet or what it was sitting on. It's very confusing. What was the point of them them shooting uh, Luke Skywalker and him turning into red smoke or whatever? He was a force projection, so he oh. wasn't there, but that killed him. Spoilers for the end of whatever. You've seen the right, you've movie. You've seen the movie. He was, remember, he was a force projection, and so he is technically... So he did that and they got away? Uh, yes. I totally yes. forgot. Yes. He, he, Basically, what happens at the end of the movie is they all go to this planet and thinking that they're going to maybe get someone, uh, some of the other rebels to come join them, but no one ever comes. All right. So they're just sitting ducks and then they fucking go and attack. So Luke Skywalker force projects himself to distract them so they can have um, uh, some, some way to escape. Because, mm -hmm. and then that whole ruse happens and then. You know, the uh, Millennium Falcon shows up with Ray. She moves she the rocks. The ro she moves the rocks. All of the people, you know, all whoever's left that didn't get decimated goes into the Millennium Falcon. They take off. And as they take off, they're talking about they felt that Luke died. And Luke dies after he does the force projection because it, I guess it strains him too much. Yeah. yeah. And then. Uh, and then the kids have the force. Then you see the kids with the force. Said, but before yeah. that, an important thing, a little detail is that. Luke Skywalker burns down the uh, Jedi temple thing. Oh, right. The tree. Yeah. But in a shot before that, you see Rey loading up the Millennium Falcon, and she took the books. The books out are of in there. the Millennium Falcon yeah. right now, and there was, so, there was silver. So the whole thing was that the, the Force was going away, right? Was that it? 
Well, the idea of Jedi's, Jedi's, are, are, and it's Sith light and all that versus stuff. dark, and the sides. But what you was, choose. I forgot what was the point of the kids having the Force. I don't know. Just to say that you don't have to be a Skywalker or oh. chosen to be a but Jedi. You don't because that's, and I think that that's the stupidest thing in the world because we just watched the prequels where there were thousands of Jedi's of all different alien races and, yeah. and different mm. backgrounds. So like. W- we need to really say this? Like, <laughs> I don't like know. why? JJ has to put all the dishes <laughs> it's just like back when on you, the shelf. It's like when you have to, like, do something to say, see? <laughs> and it's like, okay, but we're not dumb. I saw the other movie. <laughs> like, I know that there's fucking Mace Windu and shit. Like, I know. Like, there's a fucking guy who has an op- octopus face that's the Jedi. Like, it, it, we know. Yeah. Anybody could be a Jedi. Yeah, why are you showing just these like, old it does, kids? It does, everybody knows this has nothing to do with the Skywalkers. This Luke Skywalker character and Anakin are just tied to this Darth Vader Emperor thing that's kind of at the crux of everything. That's all it is. The other thing that's different for me with this trilogy than with the original trilogy is by the time we got to that third movie, by the time we got to Return of the Jedi, you really are well connected and you love these main characters and you are invested. You're all in. You can't wait to see them. And honestly, Return of the Jedi is an amazing ending. You know, it's an amazing last movie. Now, at this point in this trilogy, I don't kind of have that same connection with these guys that you end up having with Luke and Han and Leia and Chewie and Lando in the first and the original trilogy. Because they keep trilogy. introducing more characters in every movie. Yes. Gets right? Up, yeah. so the, and, and that's what the problem is. So, like, uh, in the first movie, you had uh, Obi-Wan and he dies. Right. And then they, they, add, they add a Yoda. Yeah. So now you you know the economy of characters stays the same. Yeah, you're getting to Just know. Trade one out. Yes. Yeah. This one they're like loading more and more characters, like five or six new characters, and then giving them screen time, and then making them important to the to the cause. And then they only just all meet at like the end of the second movie. Yeah. They're not even together. Yeah. So mm. yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, listen, I the reactions to this online were amazing from. People loving it to John Bellotti posting, shoot me in the head uh, in a response when I posted this video. So it's all over the place, but clearly Isn't it doing well sales. wise Yes, it's apparently it's topped Avengers Endgame new first hour ticket sales record. However, every time these Star Wars movies come out, the you have these big pre-sales and I wonder how much of it is some. Didn't he have Yes. And then I've heard reports of people buying tickets in a full theater and going there and maybe like 20, 30 people not showing up. There were people buying what 20 tickets at a time. Why would you do that? They just do it because they mm. want the movie to succeed. Like when, I, when Godzilla came out, I bought like five or six tickets. So Star Wars fans are buying multiple tickets. I mean, will there even be a showing on opening night at this point? The tickets came on sale the minute after the trailer aired on Monday night. Like, people are trying to like make uh, effect change with their wallets now. Like, or is Disney boxes. buying all these tickets to inflate their Look, revenue? Like the whistleblower out there has kind of that, that wouldn't make a ton of sense though no well, it wouldn't. but, but this would is dumb. but there is multiple shots of theaters that are like half empty yeah but they buying, made all this money but it's all sold out when you try to buy fucking tickets where where who was buying these tickets i mean it's tough to be anecdotal and be like here's a picture mm. where, where did 90 million dollars come from this this particular theater in hoboken new jersey is empty yeah it's i mean i i understand the there's an argument but just a couple pictures of empty theaters doesn't mean much. But I mean, I think it was pervasive. Uh, maybe it's all lies. 
it could be lies, but sure. like I've heard a lot of people say this though. So uh, they're they're gonna kill it. This movie will probably make another fucking two billion. But don't you think do well. that the no. the press that they get from selling out it isn't doesn't that make more people go? Oh, I should buy this. Yes, yes. yes. I mean, there's definitely the, the the you know the nightclub effect of like even if there's no one in a club, you're gonna make it so like the line is super long. Right. It's one so in, it looks one out. like you can't right. get in. No, there is press. There's there's st- truth to that. I just because I don't see Disney buying their own tickets. Well, you, yeah. I mean, even you'd just be you just be taking money and putting it from your left pocket to your right pocket, and actually taxing it and giving a little yeah, bit to the other just theater. for the public uh, look. I don't know, just for the optics. I mean, my, myself when I heard about that ticket sales are, are are high, I was like, oh, I should get some tickets. But I'm not going to get fucking tickets until the movie comes out. <laughs> That's I don't know where I'm gonna be uh, in two months. When is the movie in about, December twentieth. So uh, about two months away. Um, I found this other interesting article. Remember, so we talked about we've talked in the past about Star Wars and China and how China really doesn't give a shit about Star Wars. These movies you think would make a lot of money there don't because they just got movies in like 2015. Meaning. Star Wars, the new hope from the 1977 movie only came out in 2015. There's no 40 years of, of fandom and fans in China. So they don't produce. So to combat that, Disney and Tencent own China literature, which is the Asian country's largest online publisher, are teaming up to produce the first original Chinese Star Wars story for their online reading platform. According to the official Star Wars Weibo account, the two companies will also distribute 40 Star Wars novels translated into Chinese for the first time. Oh, shit. Of course, they want to build a bigger fan base in China by giving them original Star Wars content to build it back up. Now, this article by io9 points out, hey, this is great. The timing may not be the best for Disney uh, as the world has, you know, is watching protesters in Hong Kong. No, uh, they, week they, after week. All I gotta say is, I don't know if you guys have been following the NBA, but yeah, um, the NBA one of the general managers basically stopped all business between the NBA and China by supporting by tweeting out, "I stand with Hong Kong." Oh yeah, yeah. So all I gotta say is the precedent has now been set. You better fucking toe the line with China. They don't play games. Well, I mean, your choices are, do I want to support uh, free speech and civil rights, or do I want sweet Chinese cash? Or do I want a billion, <laughs> yes. over a billion people in Chinese cash? I mean, every... more Screw the, the potential human rights conflict. Every company, corporation that's going to want to do business in China has these two options. It's A or B. You right. cannot well, the have China, both. The precedent's been set with the NBA now. Uh, so wait, so you're saying this wasn't the Houston Rockets guy? This was a, a, it was. a oh, this no, is the Houston Rockets guy. Houston, yeah. But by doing that, and then the NBA's commissioner was like, "I, I'm sorry for what the ramifications were, but I support my the guy Daryl Morey his right to free speech." That pissed off China even more, and then he even admitted publicly that like China was like, "You have to fire him." Oh shit! And China, wow, now oh, like, shit. We never said that. They basically were like he's. They basically in in paraphrasing here, but they basically you you have hell to pay for saying something like that. So do you, so do you think this is bad timing for Disney to try to increase uh, their Star Wars uh, base? I think it's a bad look. Any that anyone with doing that's doing business with China right now, but capital like the the money is too good. I mean, it's it's in one way it is a smart move. 
to get Chinese audiences invested in it's, in yeah, these it's stories. The market. It's one of the biggest markets. It's the second biggest movie market. It'll probably be the first very soon. Just don't be political. Yeah. Just uh, look, they want escapist pop Impossible. culture movies. It's going to be hard. Uh, listener, let us know what you thought about the Rise of Skywalker trailer. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. It's exclusive and closed just for our listeners. You got to answer some questions. There's a ton Sounds of raunchy. Ton, yes, it's very hot. Lots of dick pics. <laughs> a lot of, lot of geek pics. Oh, dick pics. Oh. A lot of felty dick pics. Now, there's none of that. There's just awesome, felty conversation. Uh, I want to say happy belated birthday to our listener, Joey Austin, who's also in the Facebook group. Nerd. Doesn't he have his own podcast? Uh, yes, the Joe and Dan podcast, I believe it is called. Uh, oh, check neat. that out. Happy birthday, Joey. All right. Let's happy birthday, Joey. Happy birthday. <laughs> Who's a good birthday boy? <laughs> Why am I talking to you like you're my doggy? <laughs> Come here, Joey. Uh, let's talk about another trailer that came out this week, and it is for a Valiant comic book character. The first Valiant movie. The first Valiant movie, Vin Diesel starring as Bloodshot. Geek boner. Uh, this, uh, is coming out February. 2020 next year same month birds of prey came out anthony did you watch this i did let's so let's ask you uh first of all do you know anything about the character bloodshot no i remember us talking about it yes a while ago and if, if i'm i'm not even looking at anything right now but if i remember correctly he had white skin and red eyes. He's supposed to have white skin, red eyes, and a red dot. That's all I got, though. I learned more about him in the trailer than I did from my own memory. Uh, so, how did this uh, how did this Bloodshot trailer look to you? Is it just another fucking Vin Diesel triple X movie? Uh, it looked like a um, like a Wolverine with like little cybernetic bots rebuilding him, like a Wolverine nanobots, Universal Soldier, Terminator, RoboCop hybrid type feel. I, I mean, that's kind of what Bloodshot is, honestly. Yeah. So uh, it it kind of played out. But the, it's a little bit, they can do more with it than, than that. It was basically, they took away all his memories, made him a robot sort of thing, and kept just pointing the gun at someone else. You do see him have... Turn him off, yeah. point, point the gun at someone else, turn him back on. And then turn mo- mind, mind wipe him and put his new target in his memories. And then they had the RoboCop Universal Soldier thing where he remembers who he is. Right. Uh, yes, right. and he has. He does have the red eyes. It's kind of a little bit like Upgrade too. That movie that came out. Oh yeah. Rugs, are you excited to see Bloodshot get a movie or not? What they gave you is this not the movie you wanted? I don't know. I mean, I'm conflicted about it because I like Bloodshot. Yeah. I think it's like a, a great invention of a character. Uh, you know, you have the Punisher. With Wolverine, a little bit of Cable, you got yeah, and you got well, and then the nanites that are in his blood are so cool, and then they've been able to do more things with it. Like, imagine you could actually control your body to do anything that you wanted to do. Like, Bloodshot could literally sit there if he wanted to, and he could force the nanites to make him taller or shorter, or f- reconstruct his face, like anything. Like the interface it, with computers and shit. Yeah, yeah. He could, I mean, he could interf- interface with computers. He's just made of computers, pretty much. I mean, he could, he could like uh, they don't act as fast as like the uh, liquid T two, right? Thing. Or like a venom symbiote kind of deal. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, he can't move that fast. Like, 
Like, if you wanted to change the structure of his face, he couldn't do it instantaneously. It'd probably take him, like, a couple days or whatever to do it. But, like, it's it's cool that he could do all that stuff. Yeah. And they don't really use it that much in the comics uh, because they usually just have him shoot people. <laughs> it's a lot and, like, quicker. Yeah. But, like, um, I, I think it's interesting that they, yeah, that he can be programmed and he he remembers his memories and he fights the programming and then a lot, a lot of the bloodshot comics is like always him fucking not remembering shit about what, anything what did I just or do? being confused about what's real and what's not. Yeah. So there's a lot of that. So there's, there's a like people- a, a little bit of a matrix feel where he's in this world. He doesn't know what's real. You got a guy that looks like Dr. Octopus. He's fighting also in this trailer. Yeah. Are you disappointed? Or maybe we'll see later that he won't be white with the red dot. He's got the red eyes. I mean, the haircut is gone. And yeah, I really love the haircut. Yeah. But you can't put hair on Vin Diesel. It just, it's just not going to look good. No. <laughs> um, but maybe he, so they turn this. him white, like at the very end, something happens. I don't know. Well, there's a figure out there that has them all pale with a white, with, with the red. And it's dot a Vin Diesel figure, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like the, the, in the logo, the O is like this splatter. That's kind of like the circle, red circle I have on his chest. Um, yeah. I got a little bit of geek boner. I'm just excited that, uh, Valiant is finally getting their due. We read this shit back in the nineties. It looks like a competent action film, yeah. regardless if it's bloodshot or not. Yeah. I would agree. I think it does. It looks very, uh, it looks pretty good. Like it does look like a, a, a fun action film. There, there was one shot where him and uh, the octopus-looking guy were falling. Yeah, kind of. The yeah, sky, yeah, and that yeah. looked a little. To me, that looked a little rubbery. A little but, rubbery. But other than that, I thought yeah. it looked pretty. Um, like like Rug Boy said, like a a good action film with a. I think it was uh, like fifty million or something. Yeah, with a, with an interesting, a sort of an interesting concept. That, although, I, it reminds me of other things I've seen in the movies. Yeah, yeah, it's very derivative yeah. now. Yeah, right. Especially since a lot of people have taken these ideas and and run with it, like. But um, fifty million, so it doesn't have to do great to make a profit. It just has to like, you know, do decent. It has to look and cool and rely on the fact that it's Vin Diesel in a movie that looks cool. That people are going to come out to see Vin Diesel. I don't know what it will be. Bloodshot. What does that mean to most no, people? Yeah, Nothing, no. Right? This is the introduction to Bloodshot. So uh, you're going to use him to get him in. How old is Vin Diesel now? I think he's fifty. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's so. that dude's fifty. He looks great. He's jacked he, for fifty. He is fifty-two. Fifty-two. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Yeah, of Yeah, he's fifty-two. I, I I was thinking of that as I was watching Trey. I'm like, he is an old man. Like they've if this is if this is a movie that becomes a franchise, you might be playing this character until he's like sixty-five and well, he's like running through walls. <laughs> hey, ro- Bloodshot can change his facial structure. Yeah, so. he could just turn okay. into someone else. They just have to introduce that in the movie. I don't know if they're gonna do that. What do you think this will, this uh, the rating they'll get eventually? Is this look PG thirteen rated oh, R? Yeah, it's PG thirteen. It's gonna be PG thirteen. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know. The, the I felt like the trailer was kind of like a red bandish trailer. It, it, seemed, it felt like an R. It seemed very violent. Like the, the blood coming yeah. off his face and then the nanites coming back. I don't know if you can get away with that. I kind of love that shot of his face getting blown off and then just being restructured. And, yeah, I don't and think I don't know if you could shoot a face off. The action shots in the red lighting seem very violent. Uh, but look, we're at, now we're uh, at fifty a, a movie R rated with a fifty million budget can make money, and we have an, a perfect example of that, which is Deadpool. Which is not not only Deadpool did the same thing, and now Joker. We have to check into the box office because this thing is making a lot of money and will continue to make money. Oh, box yeah. office Mojo just like changed their whole website. Holy shit. Now. 
I, I, they literally just changed it today. I was thrown off. I clicked the link and I was like, where am I? Uh, wow. Okay. So far, this Joker has made $745 million. Oh, shit. <laughs> Looks like they, they integrated with IMDb, huh? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, maybe yeah. IMDb. It's, it's, so Amazon, Amazon's IMDb. IMDb is an Amazon company. Maybe so Amazon bought Box Office Mojo. Amazon is an IMDb. IMDb is an Amazon company, and now Box Office Mojo is an IMDb company. Wait, they're all owned by Amazon. Everybody's owned by Jeff Bezos. They don't have the uh, the budget anymore. What? No, it should be. Wow. Do you have to title summary? How do you? Yeah, they changed everything. Oh no, no. budget says fifty five million. If you click yeah. on title summary, this just threw me off fucking box office mojo. What are you doing? Fucking warn a person before you just change everything. So at $745 million worldwide at this rate, they are estimating it may top 800, 900 million. And if it does that, it is the biggest R rated film in history. Oh shit. Uh, beating it and, De- and the Deadpools. Uh, and Matrix Reloaded, 738 million. Deadpool, 783. Deadpool 2, 785. So it needs to beat 785 for this R rated low budget movie to become the highest rated R. I mean, here's your precedence for make your bloodshot R rated. Make, more, I think Warner Brothers managed to do something that Disney would never have risked, and the and it was a huge risk and clearly a huge reward. Uh, and it's crazy that the highest rated, highest grossing R rated movies are like comic book movies. It'll be Deadpool and Joker. I mean, people know the names; it's a brand recognition thing. So there's that. Um, there's also fucking assholes that are going on those stairs. Oh yeah, posing for pictures. The, where are in the, the stairs? Bronx. Have we found out? In the Bronx. It is in the Bronx. Yeah. Everybody, uh, watch. Look at watch your pockets, people. That's a gr- hot pickpocketing spot <laughs> right now. Maybe I'll be there. Is is the stair? Maybe you will. Maybe put. You don't want to go there. Put your wallet. Well, put your okay. wallet in your front pocket, Anthony. If you're using those stairs, because they're gonna <laughs> you don't be crowded. I just imagine right now you go to the stairs and there's just like 20 people in Joker costumes just walking up and down over and over again. Just because it's worse can't. than that. Oh my god, <laughs> it's crazy. To, to answer your thing though about the um, R-rated movies yeah. being comic book movies, I yeah. think right now we're in a obviously in a golden era for yeah. comic movies. Yep. There's a lot of good cachet around them, so yep. it kind of makes sense. And I like that they've been able to prove that it doesn't need to be PG-13. It doesn't. It can push the boundaries. It can. Take risks. Well, comics are just IP, right? Yeah. They're just ideas for things. They're, of course, there's genre. There's different genres within it, but you got like The Walking Dead. That's a comic book thing. Yeah, like, yep. so many different things that comic books, you know, are responsible for creating. But the Joker is something that everybody knows. That's what something that's like Deadpool. That's why it's even more impressive for Deadpool because nobody knew what the fuck Deadpool was, right? So Joker, I expect to do better because everybody knows who the Joker is. You got a great actor and, you know, there's a lot of buzz about how evil it is to make this movie and how irresponsible it is. And uh, all that stuff helped it. But people are still talking about it. And um, the other thing I like is it kind of picks up on the thing that made like Pulp Fiction really huge that made uh natural born killers huge that something like Clockwork Orange, uh, it, it, it had, it brought the, the comic book genre up into that kind of thing. And that's stuff people we we haven't gotten recently. Uh, and so this kind of fills, fills that niche. People forget it existed. Right. 
until somebody comes out and does it again. Meanwhile, I read a report that Gemini Man is going to have a $75 million loss. Movie. Yikes. Yes. Two Will Smiths did not a good movie make, apparently, and angly. Add those two Will Smiths plus one angly equals $75 million and, loss. Iron- or not ironically, but weirdly enough, you know how Joe Rogan does his podcast reads? Yeah. yeah. I saw I, one of his episodes. He was doing a, a read for Gemini Man. I was like, oh, he's I've getting, never heard him do a, yeah, read a, movie, for a read. movie. Yeah, well, the movies must be getting but, smart. But a bit bombed. It didn't help, though. No, so and then so how's joe gonna be like i did say this was the best movie ever sorry <laughs> <laughs> i guess it wasn't no uh we could get some of that sweet i'll do some live reads for some movies bloodshot bloodshot people contact us sony sure we'll do live reads for you a sponsored episode hit us up uh sticking with dc news uh we last week we talked about zoe kravitz landing the role as catwoman joining robert pattinson's batman and jeffrey wright as Commissioner Gordon, well, they have now cast the Riddler, and it is Paul Dano. Will Riddle Batman something? Paul Dano, best known from kind of a bunch of things. Uh, he's a pretty good actor. He was in Little Miss Sunshine. There will be blood. He was in Swiss Army Man with Harry Potter. Uh, Great movie, by the way. Yes, 12 Years a Slave. Uh, uh, lots of stuff, so... Uh, I, I mean, I, I like the look of the guy. He, I think he could, he could do good. He's kind of, he's a good actor. He's a very good actor. I think, weird uh, looking dude. Yes. He's a weird look. He's a weird looking dude, dude, which I think helps with the Riddler. Uh, I think Boss Logic already has mocked up a thing of him in a coat and a hat as the Riddler. And it looks great. He was in the Sopranos for one episode. Uh, I've only seen him in, uh, I think the girl next door. Oh. As a teenager. As a, he was in that movie Okja on Netflix about the weird animal. That they were trying to save. On IMDb, it says he's playing Edward Nashton slash the Riddler. That's his original name. Oh, it wasn't Edward Nigma? No, I don't think so. I think that was like 60s Batman. That made it all like campy and had to tie into the thing. He's make it Edward Nigma. Edward Nashton. I've not. I'm going to have to look it up. I've not. I might be wrong, but I, I think that uh, it does have historical uh, precedent. Well, the cast is uh, is, is shaping up, and uh, they're all interesting picks. Still no word on who's going to play the Penguin. Uh, it's not Jonah Hill. It may still be Seth Rogen. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Let's move on to uh, the, the more comments from, uh, you know, respected filmmakers bashing Marvel movies a little bit. Uh, you know, what do you think about Jack Black for the Penguin? Jack Black for oh, the Penguin? That could work. He'd be uh, well, <laughs> I don't like low, it. No, you don't like no. it. No, Josh Gad. Josh Gad is like a poor man's Jack Black, a little bit. Yeah, it's what it Josh is. Gad looks like the Penguin. Maybe he could play the pe- yeah. But then you had the Penguin from Gotham, who wasn't like a big fat guy, but he did kind of walk funny, and I thought that guy did a good job. That was a good kind of Penguin different sure. uh uh moving on to martin scorsese we, last week we talked about you know how he called marvel movies they're not cinema they're amusement rides they're invading the cinemas well francis ford coppola 
also throwing some comments uh, in Italians the ring. stick together. The Italian guys who came up together, sticking up for each other. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola actually calling the movies outright despicable. Oh, shit. <laughs> which is kind of a strong word. Yeah, that's wow. like he, he really went for he it. He could have just said, I don't care for them. And he goes, listen, Marty didn't say this, but I'm fucking saying it. They're despicable. Wow. I think that the reason why he says it's despicable yeah. is because the, what he says before that, he's like, they're just giving you the same movie over and over again. And I'm like, well, well, okay. you made two fucking. All I mean, you, in a in a very well, I mean, broad stroke, yes. Yeah. They're all sequels to to the Godfather that he made, you know. So that of course, but like he made other movies. Made Apocalypse Now was not like the Godfather, and the conversation was not like the Godfather. He hasn't. So he's on press for this movie he's doing called Megalopolis about a utopia. But the guy really hasn't made anything substantial in a long time. He is eighty. Yeah, but I mean, you could just retire off those. Th- Yes, was, how he many can. movies he made? Five great movies. Uh, is it five? Yeah. Uh, you know the so the that's problem. Hilarious. That's the thing. The problem I have with this word "despicable" is what is that saying about the people who put their creativity and their hard work in the movie? What is it saying about people like us who like those movies? If we like despicable fucking shit, you know. Well, he's using some fuck strong words. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean. It's crazy that he would use that word because, yeah, it just puts him in like the worst light possible as being like an old fuck yeah, that it, doesn't get it. Yeah, it does. It makes you look like that guy that's like, but, oh, I, mean, I remember when or, it was my time. But he's 80. He's that's true. He is 80. that guy. Yeah, he's, so, the, he's mean, at the age to be that guy. What eighty-year-old likes Marvel movies? Well, look, like, think about when he grew up, right? Yes, like there was the superhero wasn't a thing. No, but he grew up on westerns and gangster movies and genre movies, which are similar. Not only that, the irony is these guys were the disruptors in the seventies, t- taking it from the studio system to the auteur filmmaker. Right now, they are in turn being disrupted. And I would also ask both of them, Scorsese and Coppola, like if you are blaming this genre, you got to turn to your fucking buddies, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Would you say the same about the Star Wars well, movies? They're, Indiana they're not the Jones? same age. They're not really the same. They're like they're like at least ten years they, younger. Yeah, but they kind of came up very close together. And right. if Marvel is in cinema, neither are his friends' movies. Then I think that some of the, look people are different. They have different interests. They have different abilities to suspend disbelief. I believe that. Francis Ford Coppola and Scorsese are mired in 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 some kind of version of reality, like like there's <laughs> like just people in my family that are up there in that age group that like they just can't accept anything fantastic. Mm-hmm. They just think it's like it's too whimsical and a waste of time. But they don't like escapist fantasy to like just escape from I mean, reality I, for a I little can, while. I can agree with my, my dad would never like a Marvel movie, but he really? will sit and watch the same. Damn cowboy movies over and over. Yeah, which are the same thing as Marvel movies. No, but that's that's different. Go ahead. That's just what. That's as far as they'll go. Is like okay, a cowboy is possible. Yeah, gangsters are possible. Gangsters are possible. Yeah, so they they will allow themselves even if the fucking shit that even if this cowboy is shooting a gun like a thousand times and never missing. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) they'll they'll go for that. That's their version of suspending your disbelief. I mean, my, so my dad loves cowboy movies, loves Italian mobster movies. Yeah. If you throw in like a Jurassic Park or a Star Wars, he's already out. So it's just 
that era of mm-hmm. like people they grew up watching those movies and mm-hmm. there's a certain sense of real like the escapism is that yeah. it's not something where you have to use your like uh, using your imagination my dad will be like that's kid stuff mm-hmm. like yeah. what, what am i watching here there's something infantile about it yes to them and that's just who they like, we have to understand like okay maybe you shouldn't be saying this because like it, it's kind of dicky but i mean like that's what they actually believe yeah like I can't really begrudge them because they grew up in that time and they think that that shit is shit is stupid. I mean, I think that's fucking Pokemon is stupid. I mean, people like that. You know, like whatever. Society isn't static. Culture evolves. Things become popular and become unpopular. Uh, this, I think, this conver- whole conversation still fascinates me because I found a pair of articles that contradict each other, and I kind of un- agree with both of them. On the one hand, why should we care? What these people say, they're their opinions. Yes, they are invading theaters, Scorsese. Uh, but you know what else they're giving theaters that are being invaded by? Fucking cash. Yeah. So, uh, they, that, which the theaters like, which maybe give them room to play some other movies. But right now, superhero films and animated films are the only thing keeping movie theaters afloat. So what do you want? On the other hand, there's this great article from Variety R. Martin Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola write about Marvel. And really the answer is yes and no. Uh, they are right and they're both wrong. But this guy, I like how he puts, uh, I think this is, I like this writer, Owen Gliberman. I like how he kind of puts his conclusion. Uh, he's like, but here's why I think Scorsese and Coppola are actually right and why in their high-minded, disgruntled, what's the world coming to way that two are doing American movie culture and incredible service. Uh, the way I see it is they've planted this issue at the center of the conversation, staking their credibility on an argument that radically changes the status quo. So he goes on to say, uh, so I would, I would hear, I would disagree though with that. Okay. Here's why. Other than people like older than age of like 40. Yeah. There's not a lot of people listening to these guys anymore. No, that's a good point. So I don't know. I don't really know if they're shaking the status quo anymore. Well, they did and, initially, and, yes. And the people like that like Marvel movies yeah. and like what they made, like you guys, yeah, are seeing their point, but like are not completely agreeing either. No, because yes. they're not really allowing themselves because of their mentality to at least see that there is some kind of artistic merit to some of it. Right. Now, I'm a big critic of Marvel, and I and we talked about last week how corporate filmmaking is different, and it does suck a lot of the the originality and yep. and the intent that was behind the original characters and the source material, and and how you know these things are cookie cutter things that they're they're just they are just kind of like by committee creating these ideas and they're going okay we need to get this demographic in here. We need to get now, you can see it even happening. You can see like, we need to get these people on board. We need to widen our market to here. So it, it's a money first story later. Uh, but so there is a, there is something that they're saying that it's actually true. But in the grand scheme of things, if you're going to do that and make something that's actually good is hard. Right. Like to be super corporate. Yeah. And. Use all of this number crunching and all of this kind of like businessy shit, but still make a movie that people respond to. That's got to be like applauded in some way. It has to be like there. There's despite still a Herculean task. Yeah, despite what like you you may think about Marvel movies in like individually to make twenty two films that have for the most part all made money and are all positively for the most part reviewed and have like a great list audience. 
That is, that's, I mean, that's never been done before by a big corporation. It's not. This is unprecedented. No, no, no corporation, just put any, not even a franchise, just put 22 consecutive movies. And made $26 billion off No, not even it. that, Imran, but the, the, like, just pick 22 movies in a row. Yeah. From like WB or Sony. Yeah. Not all 22 of those are going to be good. Right. Now you have like one corporation trying to do, like, make them all good and like pick like, the best parts of every comic or like the most palatable parts yeah. and put that t- there is something to be commended the there. The standard of quality is I, always I just take, there. Um, I would just disagree with you with what that article saying that they're shaking the status okay, quo no, I don't think anyone listens. That, okay, but anymore. here's another great point uh, that Owen Glibberman makes in this article because he says what you guys just said. He's like, this really isn't about putting down Marvel movies. It's a, it's about asking what in the future we want our popular culture to be. Where will this corporate filmmaking eventually go? He says the trouble with the blockbuster movie culture, not just Marvel movies, is that there are, there's no mystery to the movie, right? It's all on the surface. So he wraps this whole thing up by saying, do we want a movie culture, an art culture where everything is programmed and scannable with no hidden levels so that movies no longer reflect the mystery in ourselves? He says, some might say we do, but I would be careful what you wish for uh, because do you really want that? It, there needs to be room for both. You need to have the La La Lands and the 12 Years of Slaves and the Jokers and there needs to sure. be room for the Marvel escapist movies, which is what a lot of people go to the theater for. Yeah, I think that if you look at Frank, Francis Ford Coppola's uh, m- movies that he directed, they're like he tries a romantic comedy. He tries this. He tries that. And, he, and some of these things are actually like, – he did, he did Dracula, and he did a great one of the best Dracula movies ever. He also so, uh, directed the Michael Jackson short Captain EO. Yeah, okay. okay uh, that was weird. But, but, but he tried that. Yeah, like You know what yeah. I mean? Like – he did these things, and he did. A, I mean, he made the rain. Did the Rainmaker, which a, a, a law like movie, like where they yeah. about lawyers and shit. So it's like he did the Outsiders, like so, so, so many different movies in different eras and all these different things. And uh, you can't just pin him down as like he does just this. Yeah, right. Well, and. and- yeah. And that's a testament to him. Peggy Sue and- got married was a great kind of rom com, very different kind of movie, like you said. But that's the other reason is why I think their their opinions are valid because these guys did change the way people made movies for for many years. Like we owe a lot to both of them. But did he have to use the word despicable? I think I, <laughs> my last point would be I think there's a lot of overreaction to this stuff. Yeah, I think. But well, the media had, isn't helping, right? I, yeah. I think if we had media back in. Let's say the the horror, the Universal Monster days. I yeah. think they'd write the same thing. Oh my yeah. God! Every yeah. movie's a yeah. monster movie. Or in the sixties or fifties. Oh my God! Look at all the westerns. What's going exactly. on? Why are we gonna ever, like? But I think the there's thing about those movies. I think those Universal monster movies though, they were hit and miss. Like right. there were one really good one, and then all of a sudden the other one would go up, and then they would like there was no consistency. Would switch gears. Yeah. And um, this is the 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 thing with this is they're consistently hitting them out right, of the park right, right. and making money. And so there's no reason to ever divert to something else. Yeah. And it eventually, I mean, you, the, the, the shoe has to drop, right? Eventually these point, will stop making yeah. money or stop right. being the hits that they are. Or will they, will they go the way of, I mean, the even genre like when I, my, my boy, Fiddlesticks Winterbottom, yeah, who Fiddle I had Sticks. on the spinach off yeah. show, we talked about the slasher genre. Now that basically took over horror filmmaking in the late seventies and early eighties, right? Until it came to a point when they they had to stop because the the market was too flooded. Mm, yes, you know, like that. That was all you saw in horror was slasher film, slasher film, slasher film. Let's make our next slasher film. So they, these things all go. I think 
as Rugboy pointed out, that you know these still are making money, so there's no reason for it to stop. But I think eventually, I mean, nothing lasts forever, right? Yeah, this no, will I mean, stop. Disney will find a way to fucking keep this going <laughs> as long as they can. They're gonna just keep doing it until it's not profitable anymore. But I think that the the fear is is that like name Marvel movie directors. Like you can maybe name like three or four. Like it doesn't really matter who directs the movies, except for maybe the Russos every once Ryan in a while. Coogler, the, 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 James Gunn. the three biggest are the the Gun, Coog- well, Coogler, Russos, Ryan, uh, Favreau, James Gunn, Taika Waititi. Yeah, yeah. Those are, but those are the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. Out of twenty, like, right. yeah. and then we know like you can't name know, the so Captain Marvel. Uh, oh, it was directors. two people. One was a woman. Yeah, no one knows who they are. No one cares. But you know, it's just like it's like it. It doesn't really. It's not evident in the so when you when you lose that. When you lose that, um, well, that's when they were trying shit, yes, right? Yes, they, they were still yeah, experimenting yeah. back then. But um, it doesn't really matter who directs the movie. Anybody can make a Marvel movie. Like they can literally just. That's why they're getting like, okay, we need a director of this of of this caliber that is of this specific race or of this specific gender to direct this movie, and they'll just do it. It has no bearing on like whether this is the perfect person to direct this movie. Like to make it's a this person does great water movies. Let's get it's him to a, do it's a, a factory. A it's a system. Yeah. It's like you said, it's on rails. You just like, gotta... this guy's a visionary with special effects in space. We'll get this guy. Like okay, let's get Ridley Scott to make this fucking movie because it's in outer space with ships. Like like things like that. Things that just like kind of like uh, where you're like expecting. Oh, this guy's hand is gonna be visible in this movie. You don't you don't see that. I mean, I think you see it in the Russo movie. I think you see it in Black Panther a little more with Ryan Coogler. But don't you see it like but not but but don't you see it like also James Colony? No, yeah. So Gunn does the one movie, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. then all of a sudden all that stuff is now sprinkled on any other all the other movies. Let's make everything like so Guardians of the Galaxy. It doesn't become that yeah. it's not unique anymore. Yeah. So it's like all of those things they, I mean, they, they figure out something and then they incorporate it. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a product, but it's also a piece of art. But it's a product so, I mean, first. I just think it. I think they're looking down like these old fucks. They're looking down into the future. They're like, I'm gonna be dead, <laughs> and then, but uh, and all these fucking kids are gonna grow up seeing just like these movies that are just made by these corporations, and they're never gonna actually see art. Yeah, but you know, and that's what they're worried about. Yeah, and that's why they're so like. They're trying to get it out now before they keel over. You know, they're trying to like get the the fear out. The you know get that shock factor out before. But they, in the meantime, the Scorsese forever. actually has the right idea. Put your shit out on Netflix. This is the other reason everything has changed is because of technology and streaming services. You don't have to be put your stuff in the theater, and you can get just as many, if not more, views. You put it on Netflix, which is Scorsese smartly doing. We are getting closer and closer to the point where. You you shouldn't be complaining as much about what's being put out right. because you're now in a culture where you can choose what you want to watch. Yes, you don't want to watch it, don't watch whether it. it be, whether it be like music or TV. Yeah, Close, we're definitely there in music, but we're getting there in TV too. Yeah, where you're like, fuck, like you don't have to sit there and be like, damn, yeah, I really don't like what's on ABC or yeah. damn, I hate yeah. what the music on the radio has been playing. Yep. You don't have to do that. Anymore. Pull up every Just choose whatever you want to hear. And it's crazy that we live in an age where I could go back and binge all the seasons of like a 20, 30 year Does old it show. Bother you that you uh, one of the things that I think is great is that we have box office numbers. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that it, it does help us quantify things. And then this whole new way of doing things with the streaming, you have no idea you don't. what's going There's on. There's no metrics and you don't know. Unless those companies go public, you don't know. You know, and, yeah. and Netflix, notoriously, nobody knows any viewer numbers. We know a subscription number, and that's what their metric is. Like, that's their I bottom go, line. When I go through scrolling through the Netflix tiles, and I'm like, I have, who the fuck watches this? What and is I ask this? myself, is anybody watching this? <laughs> <Is it> good? <laughs> I don't know. Let's fucking give it a whirl. And you're just like, don't know, like, if there is even a, a public reaction to something, unless it's so out there in the ether and then people are reporting on it nonstop it's, now it's it's buzz it's word of mouth i mean that buzz. it's gonna be buzz uh speaking of buzz uh terminator dark fate it will be out the week this show post november 1st it is coming out uh oh, shit. and it has screened and there's reviews and they're surprisingly positive reviews saying this is the best of the franchise, a return to basics. However, that's kind of a low bar to say this is the best of the franchise, seeing as how the last three movies have all not been the best. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, right now, they've just released their score, and it is at 67%. Mm. 6.05 out of 10 so it's not. Like, it's just a saw okay movie. Just an okay movie, but from according to the critic, from yeah, but the reactions um uh from social media to the screening is uh a lot of people saying it's basically the Force Awakens, Star <laughs> Wars the Force, it's Terminator the Force Awakens. A lot of comments they've taken the best of Terminator one and two and put them in a blender, and this movie comes out. And uh, it's a the true sequel to Terminator 2. So it's giving me a, a little more geek boner. I mean, it's the Terminator Awoken. I'm surprised because the trailers did not get me excited at all. I'm not going with really low expectations, but I'm excited to see Linda Hamilton. I don't know. What do you guys think after these? Uh, what people are saying? Does it does it help your excitement? No, no. <laughs> Uh, I actually it, it helped me. Yeah, yeah. I am a big Terminator guy, and even though I didn't think much of either of these trailers, and I didn't like the last two movies. Yeah, just that little glimmer of hope. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, don't really let him back. do it to you, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Twitter, and it was like, Arnold wasn't the missing key. This was, was Linda, Linda Hamilton's, Hamilton's story yes. all along. Girl power, the Terminator people are digging. Uh, it's not that they were not. They weren't saying that. Oh no! Some people are saying that. The, uh, I was just seeing that it, it, she was like the missing. <laughs> I like girl link. power. Yes, I. I mean, she was girl power yeah, before girl power. She became was cool. absolutely yeah. her and uh, Sigourney and Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Ripley uh, in the Cinema Blend article, they're like the most negative reaction we could find is from the guy at Slash Film who says it's better than you think it's going to be. It's trying hard to be the Force Awakens of Terminator movies and mostly succeeds. So. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna see what it do you think that means? Week. The Force Awakens of Terminator. What do you mean? Let's parse that. What is that? What that says to me is it's the greatest hits of the first two Terminator movies repackaged for like this generation. I would also say that on top of that, it's bringing back the old stars, but bringing back bringing and in a new guard the new to, kinda, to pass the kind of transition. Yeah, because I think they're gonna make more based off of this storyline now. Like each Terminator movie after T2 is trying to start its own fucking thing, and they've all failed. At starting uh, any kind of a sustainable storyline, this one may be the one. I don't know. I don't know. I will see it probably next week. Yeah. So uh, check it out. We'll have a review either next week or the following or the week. week. After yeah. I found this really interesting article to wrap up the news. Did you know who the first person, who the first pick was to play 
the Terminator in the original movie and it was actually cast? Gary Busey. Uh, no, but ah. good guess. Uh, give me another. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. No, I think you'll all be surprised to learn that O.J. Simpson oh. was oh, the first cast for Terminator. Uh, and this no is kidding. this is all. Uh, Arnold reveals this uh, in an interview speaking to the Independent. Uh, he said, then somehow Cameron felt he was not as believable for a killing machine, so then they hired me. That's really what the happened. Vo- the the voice. James Cameron wanted to make O.J. The ultimate killing machine. Oh, no. before, oh shit! In before he actually became the ultimate killing machine in real life. Did Cameron see something in OJ that everybody <laughs> missed for until ten years later? Holy shit! Arnold says he has uh, some uh, concept art of OJ as the Terminator. I I read that home. um that a lot of it was because of Arnold's voice. He had the accent, so it sounded robotic. It sounded scarier than uh, the OJ voice. Did you? I have another Arnold. Yeah. Tie-ish, yeah. tie-in. Did you know who was casted as the first Predator? Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. Oh, he was, shit. He was oh, supposed shit. to be the Predator. Jean-Claude he was, Van Damme. He was supposed to be look completely different and have sort of a ninja-esque feel. He was going to be the creature Predator. He was going to be the creature In the predator. costume. Yeah, and then they had him running around in like a green suit. It and, looked really and bad. it looked so bad that they had to redo the whole thing. Oh shit! Because they were gonna—they were—they were—they were, they were, they were shooting the invisible stuff. Oh, and he was supposed to have like a yeah. ninja type stealth. Oh, feel. He didn't have like, the cool predator dreads. No, he looked complete. He looked like a—I don't even know. He looked like a Jar Jar Binks a little bit. Oh, I see. Like a weird yeah. alien. Not. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah. And Arnold plays a character called Dutch. Yeah, your name's Dutch. I'm Dutch. Welcome to the jungle. Still has the greatest handshake of all time. The manliest <laughs> yeah. handshake of all time. Knock, knock. <laughs> what is that Come like? on, don't bullshit me. Stick around. I think that's in that movie, too. Uh, great movie. And he was Fucking great. First Predator. Get to the job. Get, that's that's what that movie did. First Predator is super stoked. All right, before we take a break, listener, I will ask you, if you've been enjoying the show, won't you please rate us an Apple podcast if you have an iOS device and you live in the U.S.? If you don't, rate us anyway. But specifically, if you are in the U.S. on an Apple device, we're trying to get to 200 Apple podcast ratings. You don't even need to leave a review. You can if you want. Just light up those stars because then we will be able to officially influence the Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to reapply to be movie reviewers of Rotten Tomatoes, and we'll get all up in that tomato meter. Mm. Get it all over yeah. our face and chest. Motorboat that face. Like, like, oh, be that, like, that tomato meter. It's like I got a ketchup <laughs> explosion all over me. I'm covered in sweet tomatoes. Mm. Uh, so you can visit... Sweet tomatoes? The sweet tomatoes out of business. Not a place anymore. Yeah. Uh, and tomato, that's, kind of, that's false. Tomatoes aren't sweet. Well, they're a fruit. They're they technically a fruit. they got a little a bit fruit. of a tang, like the sour, ketchup acidic is, taste. Ketchup is sweet, though. I guess, yeah. But, but they, they add sugar. sugar. Yes, they yeah. do. Uh, check the show notes for the link to review us or visit jockinner.com slash review. It'll take you right to our Apple Podcast page. We're going to take a quick break, play some promos, and we'll be right back with the pilot review of HBO's Watchmen right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, this is Evan. Hey, Jason Underwood. And we hope you're enjoying the shows on the Danger Entertainment Network now, including the Bearded Ones Comedy Podcast. Yeah, we're super thrilled to be a part of this awesome lineup, guys. Um, and what we do here on our show is it's look, we are just trying to make you guys laugh through all kinds of different avenues. Hear me out here. Yeah. Hear me out. Please. What we are is we're two geeky white dudes talking 
and trying to be funny. Yeah, not trying to blow in your mind here with, uh, <laughs> with something brand, brand new, new, but, um. Yeah. You never heard anything like this. We talk about Star Wars. <laughs> talk about, we talk about superheroes. Talk about Marvel movies, man. <laughs> Look, we are, we're cutting some damn, we're, we're, we're breaking some damn boundaries over we here. We are breaking new ground. Yeah. But for real, what we do is we play invented games. Yeah, and we try to spin everything into a brand new fun game that we've made yeah. up. Um, we filter it all through that sensibility and... We're both improvisers, so a lot of what we talk about ends up in, in, in sort of a scene that we have a lot of fun with. Uh, we talk about our lives, pop culture and movies. We talk about a little bit of everything. So if that's what you like, check us out. Bearded Ones Comedy Podcast on the Danger Entertainment Network. They look like Vikings. Listener, if you've been enjoying the show and you want to support the show and you want more show, uh, join the fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon and you will get bonus content patreon Patreon, early access to all the shows we put out here jock and nerd podcast the spinoff show bonus content like i know we bait and switch people with the title of the show jock and nerd and it's uh just all nerd stuff there is a sports show it's just on the patreon and it's called jock talk and it features anthony and chance their bottom is is very weak yeah. So NFL season is a big season for Jock Talk. I just want to plug real quick. Uh, first off, obviously, Jock Talk. Um, you could catch an early episode of the, the spinoff show with listener Fiddlesticks Winterbottom, where yep. we talk about slasher films. So shout out to Fiddlesticks. I want to give a, uh, since we're doing the show, well, actually, since this show is going to air after it's happening, hopefully, knock on wood, uh, Chaz does well, but he is the guest on the spinoff show again next week. The first guest to come on twice because we are recording this on a Wednesday night. This Saturday, I believe, is his first MMA fight. So oh, all, shit. Oh, all shit. goes well. Hopefully, and you know, all goes well. We can recap it and talk about it. Go, Chaz. Kick that dude's ass, Chaz. Yeah. Yeah. From all yeah. of us. That's yeah. why I beat the leg. <laughs> Sweep the leg, Chaz. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Mercy is for the week. That's right. Cobra Kai never die. Get That's it done. Right. Uh, Lisa Morrison just posted a comment just now for a uh, question for you, Anthony. Oh. She says, you boys ever going to talk about good sports like hockey, hockey? and soccer? Probably not. Ah, no. Sorry, Lisa. Ah. Sorry, Lisa Morrison. They're going to talk about what you're going to talk about. Chaz does not care about your feelings. From what I understand. He doesn't. He doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> All right. Jockinder.com. You got anything to say, uh, Clubber Lang? <laughs> One word. Pain. <laughs> Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Sign up. Uh, let's get into our review of the pilot episode of HBO's Watchmen from David Lindelof. Here is your spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. <laughs> I do recommend you check out the show before it gets spoiled. You made us watch this. I did. Uh, episode one actually has a title. A lot of times the pilot is just called pilot. This one, it's called It's Summer. And we're running out of ice, which is a line from a song in the musical Oklahoma, which is where this show takes place. Uh, it got pretty decent start on the ratings. It, first of all, it pulled in HBO's biggest digital audience for a series premiere in three years since Westworld premiere, meaning lots of people stream this on the app right away. 
Overall, it pulls in 1.5 million viewers. Oh, shit. Now, that's a decent start in comparison. Uh, Westworld Season 1 and Game of Thrones Season 1, Episode 1. Those first episodes pulled in a little over 2 million people. So it's not a bad start. Uh, this again, created by Damon Lindelof. First episode written by Damon Lindelof, starring, uh, Regina King, Don Johnson, Tim Blake Nelson, Yaya Abdul Mateen II, Black Manta himself. Uh, and the leader uh, also, um, yeah, the leader, Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson was the leader. That's right. And he was in Fantastic Four. Oh, that's right. Also, Jeremy Irons and Luke Gossett Jr. Jeremy Irons. Uh, what's that's his name? That's right. That was the biggest moment for me when I saw Luke Gossett Luke Jr. Luke Gossett Jr. Alfred. Is quite, yeah, Jeremy Irons, Alfred from uh, Justice League. But, dude, Luke Gossett Jr. is not how I, looks not like how I remember the Luke Gossett Jr. Which guy is that? Luke Gossett Jr. is the old man in the oh. wheelchair. Okay, all right. But I mean, we're talking Lou Gossett Jr. from uh, uh, Roots, and uh, what are some of his other movies? Rugs back in the day, Enemy Mine. Enemy he was Mine. In, he was in Alien Makeup. Yes, uh, I mean badass uh, character. Uh, he was in that the, the uh, Iron Eagle movie in the eighties. He was in yeah. Jaws three D. But I was like, he he was in Firewall. I was like, he's got to be getting old, and yeah. He does look old. So let's just get into the pilot. I forced you guys to watch this. I was hearing a lot of buzz. Buzz. Um, buzz. And uh, I'm just going to start. Honestly, I didn't know what to expect. And I was super impressed by this pilot episode. I really like this episode. I thought uh, the, the the topical nature of it was great. Uh, the acting was good. The music's great. It it surprised me. It has, has a shocking twist ending. It has an amazing opening. Uh, and it does what I think a good adaptation should do is it really made me appreciate the source material, which in this case is the Watchmen comic book and not the movie. And I know that's going to confuse a lot of people and it's not going to feel the same like the movie. But the risk they took and the balls to base this like I said, 1.5 million people watch this. How many of those people do you think actually read this comic book? And the show doesn't hold your hand. They just drop you in expecting you to know. And there's a lot of weird things that happen that if you've just watched the movie, you wouldn't get. So we will go over all that. But overall, I got to say, uh, pleasantly surprised and impressed at this. And I'm in. This hooked me more than the first episode of Westworld. Uh, Anthony, what did you think of this first episode? You have not read the book, but you've watched the movie, correct? Correct, and okay. I, but I'm not uh, too well versed in all the the Watchmen verse. Watch, yeah, yeah, the Watchmen verse. Um, I think what the show did well is that it it even though it dropped you into the universe, it was made well enough where you didn't need to know okay, all the Watchmen good. stuff. So I still felt like I mean there was obviously I have questions about things that were probably connected to the bigger Watchmen lore but I felt like I was able to just kind of drop into the world it's a little off it's a, for me it's just an outside like a different reality. Yeah. So overall I I did enjoy it. Um I don't know if I'm completely hooked but I I thought it was well done. I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff there. I think it's um without jumping in too deep yet it's interesting to have um like a white supremacist yep. group take on the yep. Rorschach yep. thing, which yep. like, was supposed to inspire people. Yep. And then it's interesting to see like the police yep. are in this position of like 
protecting their identity, but like now they're in wearing. So like, there's a lot of like weird power struggle there, sort of stuff. Like the like the police are like looked at as the liberators, but then they're also like clearly by the end of the story, they're not all co- like it's not all gravy on their end either. And they're right. not like the best group. I think the the biggest thing about Watchmen from what I've seen and read from the movie, like seen from the movie and just kind of read is like, it's about heroes that have a lot of flaws. Yep. And this seems like it'll continue that path of, you know, not your typical goody two shoes hero that like you're going to root for. So overall, I thought I enjoyed it. And and I'm intrigued to see where it goes. Uh, Rugs, what'd you think? You have read the book and watched the movie. Yeah. Uh, what did he you was probably also the most skeptical. You were the most this. skeptical and most critical. And I will agree that the trailers didn't really get me. I didn't get what was going on. But Rugs, would you agree? I would say this is already a more faithful adaptation of what the source material was actually trying to get at than the movie is. I couldn't disagree with you more. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Let's get into it. All right. Uh, my feeling on the show was actually I actually enjoyed what I watched. I just don't know if what I'm watching is Watchmen. It's tied to Watchmen. Watchmen. <laughs> it's tied to Watchmen, be, like in the most kind of like, uh, like stretched out way as possible. Like they're really reaching to be connected. Um, there are Easter eggs, and who knows? I'm, I don't remember. This is the one episode. Right. Like, I'm making these assumptions right. on shit that I haven't seen yet. But from this first episode, I was like, this would be such. A cool show if it wasn't Watchmen. Because it's so like unique and cool and, and whatever, but it's, it doesn't, for me, when I was, when I read Watchmen, it's about superheroes and people who choose to wear masks to, to fight crime. Now, like, I, this is like to tie it into like the KKK wearing masks. Yeah. I'm like, all right, that's like kind of like, uh, now you're kind of like, Taking uh, th- something about like what if superheroes were real to something it doesn't even matter that they're superheroes at all, um, and uh, it's just weird. It just to me it seemed like wow, this is a really cool, provocative show about a lot of stuff that's going on right now about like some of the problems, but they're using the fact that we're in an alternate universe to push things even more, make it more fucked up than it is. But then they're using history from before Watchmen took right. place, so that actually happened here and not in the alternate universe. Right. So it's kind of like a lot of mind fuckery, yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. But like at the same time, I'm like, this is fucking confusing the fuck out of me, uh, whether I like it or not. It's I, because like, it's less confusing than the first episode of Westworld. I'll tell you that fucking much. I don't know. I was more on board for what. See, for Westworld I was more, than, more on board for this than Westworld. See, like. All right, so they open up the. Let's get they into open it. Up the, yeah, Let, they open up the, yes. the with the Tulsa race dude, riot, dude. This opening of this episode, amazing. The Tulsa race riots, and I'm, I fully admit, like I think a lot of people that I'm embarrassed and ashamed to just be fucking learning about this. But they, oh, they never taught, were, no one ever. This no, wasn't taught in grade no, school. No, and there's it's not a reason. Taught, no, but. Because it's a black mark. I mean, it's a it's a bad mark on <laughs> terrible mark on uh, America and and how fucked up this country is racially and all and all that stuff. But I think that one of the things that even though I I I, 
I've heard about it and read it and document, seen it in documentaries and stuff and heard about it from various people over the years. It, they, the way that they, they, they showed it, it was, it is very incendiary. All right. They're like, oh, well, obviously, like, they're, they're bombing a fucking city. But that, even it, that air, it happened. that shit yeah, it happened, happened yeah. with air support, uh, in, in 1921 in an area called right. Black Wall Street in, uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. It's like, so what led up to that? If you don't know about how this unfolded, yeah. some dude, uh, Got accused of uh, of assaulting yep. a, a this white chick yep. in an elevator. Yep. And they they I read up on this after. Yep. Um, it's they use assault in place for rape. There wasn't they weren't saying rape back then. So it was yeah, It was so basically rape. He said that he tripped and fell in the elevator, and then they were blowing it out of proportion. Um, and they decided to take him into custody, and they probably beat the shit out of him and did a bunch of terrible things to him. But the rumor got out that they lynched him, which I don't think they did. But uh, so that caused a kerfuffle and then uh, shots were fired and and two of them, two of the black people who came to, like, see if he was lynched, or whatever, got shot. And then 10 white yep, people got shot. Yep. So then that just made, OK, now let's like the racism was like fucking on full blast. Like now they have a reason to do something. And so that's what happened. They fucking went and got a plane and fucking. The riots broke out. There are people just getting shot. They, and they reported like 100 deaths, yep, but it's yeah. probably it a more. A lot more, yeah. So um, it is a fucked up situation. And subsequently, and this was never put in history books or no, taught to kids or even mentioned anywhere. Because I and, and it's crazy because this would be just should be something that we're I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted yeah. that. It's not a common knowledge thing. Almost happened almost a hundred years ago, and it wasn't until two thousand and one that they published an official but, report of this. But isn't it fucked up that the, that's this is the show that they're that they're putting that out there? Uh, look, I give them I give them props for educating people, and it ties in to the theme of the show, which is. But it, I I think that it's uh, to me. Yeah, I think if it's something that's not common knowledge. Yeah. Right to use it for your show that's based on not a real reality is Does it kind seem of fucked exploitative. Up. Yes, I, see, I, I've seen articles on that. Mm, yeah, I, well, I I don't completely agree because there's stuff based on all sorts of times in history that are terrible. Right, so, right. So I, I, I just I don't know what the line like, is. Like when people were talking about the Joker being irresponsible, yeah, I think this is irresponsible in a way because, like, all right now, like. It's like now you're like the people don't trust the government as much as it is and all this other stuff. And now we're rolling it into this show that people are watching for other div- other reasons. Well, this show is going to get people angry, which I think like, is no one's <laughs> tuning into this show to figure about like, OK, how fucked up? Let's, let's find out how much more fucked up white people are like. They're not tuning in to see that. See, to me, I was I had no idea this happened and I was shocked and I was like, holy fuck, this actually happened. I think I have to, I give them credit for, for educating and bringing awareness because I would never have known. But if you want to educate, actually make a movie that tells the story of actually what happened mm. and not just use it as an incendiary thing in, to make your but story, also, like, so to make your story compelling. What, what I find interesting about this version is it starts with that and then 
you know, in 1986, the events of Watchmen happened, and then we are now present day, having been affected and being in an alternate universe because the events of Watchmen, where uh, you know Nixon served five terms, we won the Vietnam War, and it became the 51st state of the Union. Yeah. There's so many fascinating little Easter eggs and references, Red, details. Red Asians. Robert Redford is president of the United States, and right. uh, the, for like 20, 30 years or something. Yeah. Right. They repealed the 22nd Amendment so president can serve out as many terms as he wants if he keeps getting elected. Uh, and, you know, the, all of this uh, comes off the book and the movie where Manhattan helped them win Vietnam. And the comedian clearly covered up Watergate for Dixon. Let, let me just before we lose the point and it becomes a different topic. I kind of fall in the middle. Yeah, I don't agree, Imran, that they're trying to educate necessarily. I think they're definitely trying to use this as a springboard to just propel the show. But I, I don't have a problem with it per se, just because I've seen, as I mentioned, there are so many other movies, TV shows take real world events that were horrible and exploit them the same way. But I did. I agree. I did not know. I had about no this idea about until, this. I was like, "Why the don't show? they teach this shit in school?" Also, did anybody get a hint of a little Superman analogy with the kid in the beginning? Which Meaning, the uh, with the boy they put into the crate. Like the the parents, their world is imploding. They take their kid, put him sure. on a ship, send him away. Ship crashes in the Midwest, and. That, you know, at the end, we see that uh, Lugasa Jr. possibly is that boy because he, he has the, he's yeah. got the same sign who the baby is. I don't know, but I kind of like that li- sort of analogy to Man of Steel kind of subtly in there. Uh, but let's talk about some other interesting things. I watched it a second time and the second time I didn't realize the first like white supremacist dude you meet that shoots the cop. He's listening to hip hop in his car. First of all, yeah, he's uh, listening what's, to, uh, who is that? I believe that's future. Oh, it I is. It who. is future. It's I, either future. I forgot who it was. It's very auto tuned. It was future, or it might have been one of the Migos. I, I, oh, was, God. I figured you would know. So I thought yeah. that was ironic. I was like, oh shit, so he's listening to shitty rap. Yeah, he's listening to shitty auto tuned rap. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh shit. But I thought it was so genius how to uh, introduce the cops and the state the cops are in. I, I thought it was interesting that the the cop has to get permission to yes. use the gun. Yes. I, I, but the tension in that scene was well done because you could you like you're getting the sense oh like the cop by looking at the cop's face you can tell like yeah. He knows that this guy is a dangerous person. And he's he can't trying get the to get fucking gun. Out. And he's like, "Come on, Panda, give me my fucking gun." Right. And he has to continue. And by the time he gets it, the guy gets the Rorschach mascot, blows him away. I love that line where he's like, uh, "Can I take a look at what you're hauling?" And he's like, "Can I take a look at your face?" The cops like, "What did you just say?" I was like, "Oh shit!" But imagine this reality where you could get pulled over by an officer, and you know he has not armed right away and can't get armed until he calls in and makes a case for it. Did you That's get the reason crazy. why they did that? I, 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 I did. Is there a reason? I connected some kind of, there was something about that at some point a long the time white, ago, the they white went knights. after, they went after the cops. Yeah. And killed everybody in their family, so that's why they have so to wear the mask. Yeah, I yeah, you were the mask. About the guns. No, but the gun, the gun I think, also. is tied to that too. I think something was tied to that. She mentions the white knight in Vietnam or something when she was a kid. Uh, and how she was one of the cops and she got shot. But is it police brutality got out of control that they have to, they put in an article for, uh, I mean, that's, I don't understand this because, all right. So at, after the events of Watchmen, yeah. right? The squid lands 
And it, what's the deal with know, the squid? So okay, well the squid they they're not using the Snyder ending. They're using the actual book ending. Oh, is it the giant where, squid? Yeah, the giant squid. Yeah, uh, teleports in, and you know not only is it's a psychic squid, so it makes everybody insane. Mm-hmm. In, so in the All comics, right. Ozymandias hires a group of uh, tech and like artists, and he tells them he's making a monster movie, and he has them build like a giant Godzilla creature. Right, and, I'm, I'm familiar with that. that yeah, so squid. then, but what's the deal with the raining squid? Uh, it must be remnants of uh, Oz- Ozymandias. Oh, so effect. that's not been explained. It's just no, it a hasn't. nice little tie-in to the squid. No, I think squid. Ozymandias is still. Throwing squids around just to, just to like keep, keep people, people in check. check. Yes, so, yes, oh, okay. yes. Anyway, so at at the at the end of Watchmen, you have this like cataclysmic event that's supposed to bring the world together. Right. right. And the whole point of Watchmen is how do you save the world? Right. Well, you got to give people something else to fight. Right. Something to rally around. So they can, around. Alien so they can threat, rally around yes. and and drop. And in their, the movie, the, you know, very things. very big change in the movie. So, like, how was this a post Watchmen world? I don't, I don't get it yet, and I'm sure they're gonna, they're gonna explain it. Yeah. But I feel like this particular world that we live in, let's say in 1986 we had alien invasion. We shit, we don't forget about it by that. We're still thinking no, about like 9/11. This is a world that 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 had a squid drop on New York, and they still get raining squids. And they every still once get in a raining while. squids to remind and them. They don't even give a shit anymore. No, it's just, just wipe they, it off their car and go. I love how like there's a there's a squid cleanup vehicle that's going around. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and then it's just weird that like. This is the, the this is the piece that's so like, it seems like it's more fucked up than we have it now. So rugs, do you you would have liked the show if it had nothing to do with Watchmen? Yeah. Okay. Just I feel like that. I feel like every time that I I I'm like, why is this happening? If Watchmen happened, and I'm like, they better explain this shit. And and then then I think about oh, it's Damon Lim- Lindelof. He never he explains doesn't explain shit. a lot. <laughs> so I'm like, he just does things because he wants you to watch. And that's like that's his modus operandi with Lost and all yeah, the other yeah. shit that he the does. The leftovers and uh, so yeah. I feel like that when uh, like all of the stuff that he's using that's like from our time right now to try and get this kind of like uh, reaction from people and you know make it like super super uh, like of the time and reflective of the world. I'm like that's not Watchmen. Like kind of like if you're continuing the story, no, but it is. I it's think like we, really not. Listen, in we, we said this last episode. Right, so like doing the after Watchmen happens, yes, right? Yeah, we know that superheroes vigilantes exist. are still we, outlawed, though. We know that we know that Rorschach wrote this thing, and some fucking like fucking alt right organization picked it up, and now he's using it twisted. For like, probably, yes, yes, because Rorschach well, it's not twisted. It Rorschach was a fucking right wing nut. Yeah, but Rorschach was fighting evil. He wouldn't have wanted this. They kind of used it for their own purpose. No, but he was like, he was like, he was a little totally right wing nut. Yeah, yes. I guess he was a little right wing. He nutty. was. He wasn't like some like. Uh, he was a nut. So like, he was a couple steps away from probably these white supremacists. Huh? Yeah. yeah so it, I could see that kind of maybe making. I mean, some they're, sense they're or whatever, using like, his words from the comic book, which I loved. Right. So where I don't he think said they're twisting line. his words. I think that that they're they they see this guy as a as a hero. Yeah. Or whatever, but I, would it turn into a KKK? The Rorschach mask is in the new clan hood is crazy. I, it's kind of intriguing because they 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 think they're right and and they're they're the you know Tulsa. The fact that it is, they started with the Tulsa race riots makes sense. Why? Because we were like, why is this set in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Uh, I think uh, that it hasn't gone away. Look, like in the 80s, the book dealt with the big fear at the time, which was the Cold War, nuclear nuclear war. 
He's right. just adapted what the big fear is now. And, and what's the big fear now? White nationalists, white supremacism. I think it's both. So I think what the move, what this shows, so I don't have the Watchmen baggage. I'm just watching the show for yeah. what it is. Yeah. I think what they're setting up right now is the two big fears, right? Which is wh- white supremacism yeah. on one end. So, you know, no one, no one wants that, right? You're not, no one in their right mind wants that. So then the, on the other side is the supposed good, but the supposed good is government. Yes. And, and, uh, so, I yeah, actually think that it's neither of those. No. I think it's corporate, it's corporate money that owns everything that drives everything that it's the people behind the curtain that are fucking doing all this stuff. Like, I don't think that, that the kind of racism really exists and all the, these problems really exist in a day to day. It's like, these people are t- using all of the, the ways that we could do it to manipulate the stuff so they can do it. So we're distracted with these problems and they can do whatever they want in the background. And I think that this show is almost thinking too locally about, and that's why Watchmen was like a bigger show. It was about like good versus evil and, and you know, heroes and people who would put on masks to fight evil. And it seems, it seems like so like, I don't know. You don't think the like there's the fear though of like Trump. So the, a lot of the stuff around Trump is him being like a white nationalist and also being like the government, right? Yeah. Like both of those two things. So then you have both of those two things on opposing sides in this show. Yeah, but yeah, I don't that's know if he necessarily true. represents. I mean, he does represent corporate, but I don't think they're they're tackling that, that as much. I, I think that uh, all of this stuff is all exacerbated by social media and all that's all absolutely. Stuff. Right, and and that's the, and they don't even have technology in this world. Uh, they sort so of do, like, but they don't. Uh, there's like so it's like I'm like I'm like trying my best to see. Well, they like, did have, the lady had a pager, which was kind of odd. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I'm <laughs> trying, I'm trying my best to see like if they're really gonna like tackle like the real big bads. But like, I feel it like may, they're not. You know, how do we know? It may be revealed that in this universe, like that never yeah, happened. Yeah, it's too early Somebody to say. I'm completely that. wrong yeah. about this. But, but but I think it was a really strong pilot. So that's why I'm confused. What I'm you, not right on board with you. I'm like kind of like, let me just see how this pans out. I feel like it can, it's Damon Lindelof. He's known for going off the rails and not <laughs> fucking ever sticking to whatever he's doing. He always wags the dog. Yeah. He does that all the time. So I'm like, all right, if this wasn't a Watchmen show, I would fucking probably totally watch it and be happy with everything that's going on. But because it's Watchmen, I'm like, it's got the baggage. Mm. Definitely it's has. It's got that. a little yeah. bit of baggage. I think. What did you guys think of uh, the lead, the lead woman? I I, I was actually What's her name? Regina King. Yeah, she's in uh, a lot of shit. I was surprised. Two two seven. Yeah. Right? Well, originally she did other stuff. I actually thought she did a really good job. I was surprised she comes off badass. I thought she did uh, a, a capable. But you know, job. you can't hide behind a cow if someone with a fucking gun. Holy is shooting shit! At you. That scene was also amazing. The attack where they're just making <laughs> like that hamburger cow would never protect you with a giant like fifty both. caliber gun. Yeah. No, but they're 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 getting happened. made into hamburgers. Uh, that was a fucking tense scene. I've always, I've always I thought saw Regina good. King yeah. as a badass because I saw my I saw her in Boys in the Hood. Oh, that's right. She was uh, what's his name, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s girlfriend. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, she was great in that. No, I think I think she she handles the lead well, and I was kind of surprised. I was like, wow, this is good. What the show's done well, if excluding the Watchmen baggage, what the show's done well is they introduce a bunch of little interesting things. Yeah. 
and then they end it with a cliffhanger. Then they have some good action, yeah. and then they end it with a cliffhanger. Dude, okay, well, oh, why is this man 105 years old? Why did he kill the police chief? Or I don't think he killed How him. How did he do it? I didn't see Don Johnson's death coming in. I was like, I didn't think they fucking you killed him. You don't think he did it? No. How's he going to string up a guy? She. That's exactly part of the mystery. Why is he so fucking old? Like, why was he still you alive? You know what, what else is interesting? He's like, the chosen one. Like He's like said, Jesus. Yes, like we said, the Superman analogy. Remember when they first meet? He asks her, he goes, do you think I can lift 200 pounds? Oh, and yeah, it's just a throwaway that. line. And she's like, what? You're crazy. I think he's he he's going to be a big role so in this. So then why don't you think he's the one that killed the guy if you, you're throwing you're that talking in? about Louis Gossett Jr. Jr. Because he's in a wheelchair now. I don't know. I think he found him. I don't know. I don't know it, why. It ends, was... on, it ends on like how a good pilot, right? Yes. But then like you get a, a, like a little cliffhanger. Because Don Johnson, I thought he was being touted as like starring Don Johnson. I thought he'd be in this whole thing. Oh, gotcha. And fuck, they just fucking kill him at the end. I love when they do that great twist. Uh, I love also that's Wait, so, yeah. Go ahead. Go, no, I was gonna say there's a. I was gonna have another question, but finish what you're saying. Well, I want that fucking silver reflective mask that Tim Blake Nelson has. It's that fucking. That's pretty good. It's so cool looking. And, it is cool. And looking. it kind of does. It's also weird that Tim Blake Nelson's playing some I know. Like, Russian dude. Well, no, he's got like a southern accent. He has a oh, weird yeah, accent. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, very southern. Sorry. Uh, what he's he's called Looking Glass and does the interrogations. But I also like how the reflective mask kind of does a Rorschach thing. It's constantly moving. It's symmetrical. But, I enjoyed that he's like, put down your mask. I yeah, like he like just needed the mirror. Himself. Yeah, yeah. to do his tie. But I was going to ask you guys, yeah. as Watchmen fans, um, what do you think of Jeremy Irons as as, as Ozymandias? Because that, that's who he is, right? He is yeah. definitely Ozymandias. Uh, is that a good choice? He reminds me of the dude from the movie. Yeah. No, I think that's a great choice for an older Ozymandias. Yeah, I don't have anything against and it at just all. Like, he's clearly Ozymandias. I love right? the... No, yeah. yeah. I love the is East. Ozymandias just like the perfect human? Yeah, yeah right? he, they say that he's dead. Right, but he's, there's a headline yeah. that says uh, officially declared dead. But and his, he die though? Like, is he? Does he? Does he obviously, he's old, but he they, ages. Well, he's got so much knowledge, he could figure out how to probably undo it. He's, like, right. Yeah, he's oh, just gotcha. super yeah. smart. He's just a super genius, and he's like peak physical human ability. Yeah. Right. But his scene in this was super weird and bizarre. He's just naked, and she's massaging his thighs and. What the fuck was going on? Uh, I like the other Easter egg where he's like, I'm writing a play. I have a part for you, too. It's called The Watchmaker's Son, which is a reference to Dr. Manhattan, John Osterman, Watchmaker's Son. I do think Steve Ackerman, Steve, no. uh, Steve Ackerman. Did they mention Dr. Manhattan? They showed him in uh, on the video. And I think we are going to see Manhattan in this. Now he's definitely going to be in it at some point. In the, at the end of the episode, they had an extended clip of this season. And you see a blue hand at okay. one at one point. Uh, so what role Osmandius has in all this? I don't and then know. Was the ship that the that Don Johnson's flying is that the Owl it's Man? Similar ship? to the Night Owl ship, yes. Owl, I don't think Owl, it's Night the. Owl, well, it's got a flamethrower, which is really dead on. Yeah, that had. Okay. I, I don't know if it's exactly the same ship, but it's a lot like it. Because I'm referencing the movie, after, yes, even though it's yeah. not connected, it still had some similar. Imagery. And at one point, um, the. Sister Knight was drinking from a uh, owl. Oh, mug. she had an owl mug. Uh, some there's a, a bunch of great Easter eggs, uh, like the airship. You see an airship that was heavily featured in the comic books. Yeah, you see hooded justice on the side of the bus and that show American Hero Story. Kind it's of just interesting. Like I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but it's just interesting. Like all the Watchmen connections. Yes, yeah. Imran is just loving. I love it. And that's what Rugs Boy doesn't like. Rugs like, where's the Watchmen? This is not Watchmen. <laughs> well, I'm like, what is this? Does this really have anything to do? Could you tell? Basically, could you take out all the Watchmen stuff and still tell the same story? 
I don't know the and, Rorschach, and I don't know yet. Yeah. But um, if, right if now, that's the case, not, right? yeah, or probably you it, could. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know about like what's down the line, but from this first episode, I'm like, all right, this is all like peripheral stuff. It's not really like germane to anything. I mean, again, it's it's the first episode, and that's why I thought they laid the pieces and the mystery very well and built this world uh, pretty well right in the first episode. Uh, I, I mean, look, it's. It's HBO. It's done yeah. fucking well. It's acted High well. Production it's directed value. beautifully. Yes. So uh, I have no qualms with that. It's just that it just doesn't seem like Watchmen to me. That's all at this point. Like maybe to you because of the content it yeah. is, but I don't know. It just doesn't feel super. Here's another a little Watchmen Easter egg I loved where she's walking by and the guy's holding a sign that says the future is bright in stark contrast to the sign Rorschach used to carry saying the end is nigh. I like that parallel. I like uh, when they said the Latin words. That's Latin for who watches the Watchmen, and the, everyone answered, we do. Who says that? Uh, Don Johnson's char- character. Oh. Remember when he's talking to all of them? Oh, yeah. He yeah. ends with the Latin. Also, the watch motif is is very much there. He gets a pocket watch. They they chant what, What's TikTok. the deal with the uh, like the superheroes amongst the police? Uh, so there's like a there's Russian the red, dude with yeah, him. The red yeah. guy, then the, obviously the, Looking the southern glass, dude, yeah. and then... And then, and then the girl. Sister Knight, who was retired and came out of retirement. I mean, I think it's interesting where they put the police because I'm not quite sure, you know, what side entirely the police and the superheroes they're working together. Are they still uh, illegal? Well, you can't be, you're not supposed to like entirely. I, that's no, the vibe. I right. got. You're not. You're like you're supposed to like some of them, but not entirely right. like everything. Like right. They the one dude gets fucking beat the hell that there's blood coming out the door just to like get some information out of oh she yeah well she she i love i love her line where she's like i got a nose for white supremacy and he smells like bleach it's a (laughs) fucking great line yeah but um yeah it's the same kind of thing uh in a lot of shows not just Watchmen and not just whatever it's uh, you have uh the anti-hero the people that are supposed to be you're supposed to be cheering for but they do like dubious things, like the comedian like, in the in the in the book. Right, you know. I don't know if the comedian was wasn't he a complete scumbag. He was, but people thought he was a hero. You know, outwardly. Uh, I, I mean, an antihero is like someone that on in their core is a good yeah. person, but they do nefarious. Like even things. Rorschach's not really an antihero. Yeah. He's just he's actually like a fucking maniac. Well, I think. Well, isn't the whole like I, I think I mentioned this earlier, but isn't the whole thing with Watchmen like they're all fucked up people and yeah, they're, they're all, all like they're all expressing it by being violent and yeah. doing it under the and guise of being of, yeah. a superhero and it's kind of the absurdity of, of someone's mindset to to do this why well, they now was the only like cow like good guy. Boy scout yeah, yeah. yeah cowboy yeah there. everyone else yeah, had true. gray i think sister knight maybe one of those uh where she does cross over both sides will do what needs to be done and not as completely moral but do you think there is a night owl in this world oh i don't know or uh well uh spoiler for spoiler alert. Uh, oh no next, wait are you gonna spoil something no no for next episode Jean Smart is joining the cast she's in this she's an amazing actress and I believe she plays the older Lori Blake uh uh Silk Spectre I knew that already. yeah so we will see Silk Spectre so maybe there she's is a night the, owl isn't she this daughter of me uh uh yes but like not. It was through He's rape. Old. Yes, it was, it was through rape, right? Yes. So, so Specter number one got raped by the comedian. correct, and, and then had the yes. and had, and the had kid. Malin and the Ackerman kid grew up. Yeah, yes, got it. And so Gene Smart is the as the Silk Specter, grown up Malin oh, Ackerman, grown up Malin Ackerman. Uh, but I mean, I just I think the effects of Watchmen thirty years later. I love the little things they tweaked and the stuff you find out. 
I like I even at the very end, I like the nod to the comedian's badge with the blood where they do it with the sheriff's badge and you just see a little drop of blood as the I last shot. I don't know how after you you solve the world's problem of like nuclear annihilation. But that's the thing. He, Wait, let, let with, him finish, space, let him finish. with space aliens yeah. that we do a story about something that's so like kind of like, uh, I don't know, unsolvable. But I think it's part of the point is it, di- <laughs> like, it, didn't, you know what I mean? it didn't really work. Uh, Ozymandias plan kind of worked, but not really because we are, they are where they are now. Doesn't that take away though from him being the smartest person ever? Yeah. You would think he saw this coming, I guess. <laughs> but, I guess it's a, it's a, it's maybe a little chink in his armor. I feel like he's still maybe pulling the strings behind what we're watching and we just don't know. Maybe, you know, and they think he's dead. Uh, but I'm because like the whole show is going to take place in this town. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, wow! I want to see like the world. I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's going to maybe it's going to. I'm just kind of projecting that it's going to be in this town, and we're not really going to move from there because that's what most shows do. They stay in. This I mean, one but town. like the book, you may but. see clues in newspaper headlines and on the TV to see what's going on in the rest of the world. Uh, like you know, you saw that quick shot of Nixon on Mount Rushmore. I love that scene in the pod where they were flashing all that shit and the guys interrogating him. You see the squid creature again. Uh, in the thing, uh, so I don't know. I th- I thought it was very strong. I thought the sex scene was kind of random. Throw it in. I don't know. Just uh, you know, I don't know. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I mean, it it was just a place for her to be before she finds out the sheriff's been hung. Uh, but a lot better than what I was expecting. Uh, I think this could be a good show moving forward. We'll see. I think it's definitely going to be interesting and 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 interesting to see like as a reflection of us to watch this yeah. and how they deal with the problems of this. I'm just still perplexed. Damon Lindelof. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just still perplexed at how this is Watchmen and it, it, it is in a way, but it isn't. I don't know. It just doesn't. It's like a, it's not really it's very peripherally Watchmen. It's what, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the effects of why it's like a sequel reboot sort of it's what would happen 30 years later after all this stuff happened as someone that isn't tied to it i'm intrigued by what i saw and i i will watch probably the next episode if you remind me okay i also (laughs) i thought the music done by trent reznor atticus ross was really fucking good i really enjoyed that was great yes the the fucking industrial tracks the the song on the credits over the end credits was fucking great and i think it matches it's good it's upbeat there's clearly an hbo vibe to all of this that makes it look better look good yeah everything they've they've polished it enough where even if you know you're not a watchman fan or you know you you are a hardcore watchman fan you look at it and you go there's there's some there's some stuff here like there's some stuff here you know it's gonna be well made it's gonna be well produced there's gonna be a good score like there's some stuff here to at least be intrigued to watch another episode i do agree though if you only have watched the movie and you maybe liked it and you come watch this you may be a little put off yeah that's exactly what i'm but thinking number the movie one movie also misses the point of the book itself it's the book is amazing it's dense it's uh you know it's kind of a hard read uh but for them to base this on that and not the Zack Snyder movie is crazy because people are going to be confused. Yeah, they're going to be confused. They're going to have to Google shit. They're going to have to look stuff up. I'm just wondering who this is for. You know, is it for, like, who, is it for people of who've never book? seen, never know. heard of Watchmen? Like, now you got to learn about Watchmen. Yeah. Now you got to go fucking figure out why is there fucking squid raining <laughs> or 
what is like are they gonna explain all this shit I mean, I are they know. just gonna call, yeah. are they just gonna wink and nod to it like i don't know like i i mean we're gonna have to wait and see but like there's a lot of shit to explain that they that they started like why is there a fucking guy wearing a panda mask <laughs> the panda, why are the fucking guns literally has the top you know, like, of a there's panda. so much shit that yeah. they have to explain just on their own from what they've invented yeah. And they got to explain to a new viewer who's never watched The Watchmen or never read The Watchmen what all this shit is. It's just a lot of stuff to catch but up I on. I respect gotta, that they're not wow. spoon feeding or hand holding the audience. That's I, pretty ballsy. I think they're targeting. So just anecdotally amongst my friends, yeah. I think I, I have a group chat with a bunch of my friends that like all the Marvel stuff. Yeah. I don't think we've all read Watchmen, but we all kind of have heard of it. Yeah. So I think they're targeting that fan of like Marvel DC movies that like you've been ingrained in this culture now for 10 years. There's someone some has had to have, someone has had to have mentioned Watchmen yeah. at some point. Yeah. Like, Oh, you like those movies? Yeah. Like these comic book movies, you know, Watchmen's like the best one, right? Yeah. So I think it's trying to pull that fan of like someone that's been ingrained in the comic book culture and is now like, they've probably heard about Watchmen. And then there's like, Oh, there's a TV show about this. This is the perfect time to jump in. Yeah, but that's the way. That's the reason I think that all of the Watchmen stuff is going to be peripheral because probably because like they have to like get this train moving right, yeah. and they got to get the story going, they got to get the characters going, and all this stuff. So like all this other stuff that's tied to it is like all like just you know window dressing. Yeah. yeah, it's just window dressing. Yeah, but I mean I they they got the story moving well. They killed fucking Don Johnson. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and I'm really interested to see more. Of they this a, alternate, hundred and seventy-five year old man killing the dude. Yeah, how old is it? Lou Gossett say he looks fucking old. I, think I was he like, said over a hundred. I was like, holy shit, Lou, what happened? And who was the baby? Who would the baby would have been five years younger than him? Now, well, if he was six and nineteen, yeah, he would have been like a hundred and six technically. If it was almost a right. hundred years ago, so over a hundred. I don't know who is this baby, uh, but overall, I think the baby is her mom. I think it, you may be right. And the, and and so he he called her out of nowhere and knew where she was and knows who she is. It's he's clearly, like, I mean, he clearly he's been watching her. He's yeah. he stands at that. He's he's been sitting. It's implied that he sits there all the time at the bakery, in front of that in front bakery. Of her bakery. Yeah. yeah, I think that yeah, they know each other. Definitely know each other. And he's just giving her shit. Like, when's that thing gonna open up? Yeah. Like, and she's like, yeah, right, I know, I know. Angela Abacar, don't bring no mask. <laughs> I know what you look like. <laughs> uh no i love that i mean i can't wait to continue watching this series so we'll you know after it's done give you more thoughts i'm hoping that i'm completely wrong because there's a lot of fucking good shit in this yeah. and i'm hoping that it does tie together and it does make sense as a watch like calling it watchman makes sense like little things like that bother me when like Something's called something and it should be that thing. Look, there's a watch in the show and there's men. That's not <laughs> enough. Come on. <laughs> Lame. You know what I mean. Lame. Floppy yes. John. Yes, Floppy John. <laughs> but the show gave me geek voter. Definite geek voter. But I mean, the thing that the thing that is is at least okay is that it's actually a good show. Yeah. yeah. So if it continues to be good, I don't mind that it's associated with Watchmen. I just hope that. It's not so peripheral. But you don't trust Damon Lindelof? Damon Lindelof? No, I don't. That's the, that, that's the one thing that's making me so doubt in, it a lot. In, and in me his a bad defense, taste. I feel like every show he's done, he kind of gets a little bit better and more critical. Like The Leftovers apparently is very good. It has a little bit better than Lost. He learns stuff. So I think everything he does, he kind of fine tunes and learns a little bit more. So 
Maybe he won't jerk us around like he did in all of fucking Lost. But and that's a different case. That is a network show. They were writing half a season at a time. They didn't know they had to make shit up here. He's got he knows his show. Run. Do you think to kind of just play devil's advocate? I don't think HBO is intending for this to be just a one off, right? More than one season? Yeah, I think I think he's going to have to write more than one season. I mean, if they want another flagship show, if this becomes a right. hit, they got to keep going. So I wonder if he has plans. I mean, he was the so I, to also to kind of although Leftovers was after he wrote Prometheus, ah. which jerked you the fuck around a yes. lot. Yeah, he that, does the that, yes. that movie. That yes. movie like has so many goddamn things going on, That's and then solves point. none of it yeah, by the end of it. A lot of jerking and it, around, and just well, you just yeah. go, "What the fuck? Yeah. The point was the point of this." He likes to give you lots of questions, and instead of answering the questions, he'll give you more fucking questions. He likes to give you like big ideas. Yeah. Potentially big answers to big ideas and questions and then not resolve. But see, that's why I kind of appreciate the ambitiousness of this. This is a big fucking swing he's taking using Watchmen. I can't wait till Imran takes all this stuff back in three hours. And race (laughs) relations in America today. Well, I I can appreciate the the effort in like taking a big swing. Very ambitious. But it it becomes empty if you don't you don't have the the answer. You gotta hit the ball too at some point. You you gotta you gotta you gotta finish the game. But you look, can you can you can hit a home run in the first inning, but the know, game's not over. How is it, Watchmen? You got Ozymandia. Silk Spectre's gonna be in there. Manhattan's gonna be in there. You got characters from the Watchmen universe. They reference other characters and things. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I, it's got I mean, potential. You, all right. So, do you think that in a world where there is a Doctor Manhattan? Yeah, but he's like living in space somewhere. He's a, but he still, hasn't been back in thirty years. Nobody knows what the fuck he's doing. But still, I mean, the fact that that even exists, yeah. you don't think that that changes people? It did change people, which is why the cops have to wear masks and have their guns on lockdown. What? No, that just seems like a, something that would happen now because of police brutality. Yeah. Like, that's something that's tied to us. Like, I don't know. I just don't feel like it's a post-Watchmen, like, squid world. Like, a Dr. Manhattan world where there's a fucking superhero walking the earth. There's a fucking... Threat of uh, squids falling out of the sky and driving people crazy, and There's a th- this is living the problem that we're worried about. You know, we're worried about police brutality, which is something that would ha- happened in our world because we didn't have that shit happen. Did they know that they knew that uh, Doctor Manhattan existed in Watchmen universe? Right, like the people knew. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, was, he was on TV and shit. So, I mean, I I would agree that if there was a a literal god living on Mars, yeah. A lot of our resources would be like, how the fuck do we like protect ourselves this? from yeah. him, uh, yeah. or do it, or yeah. make it ourselves? And that that would be, you know, That'd I be think that would. One. Yeah, I just think that's something that's so like kind of germ, like just like uh, maybe he's know. coming to an agreement with them in the thirty years. So like, I don't know. <laughs> we just don't know. We just don't yeah. know. I mean, it, we are. It is speculation after one episode, but yeah, we are. I'm. I'm. I told you I could be completely wrong about this. But I'm just Damon Lindelof. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I know that he's going to disappoint He's going to jerk you around a little bit. In the meantime, I will be watching The Watchmen. You could be damn sure. If you sure. remind me, I, I will, will continue to I'll, watch, I'll watch okay, it. Okay, well, well, I'll keep watching it. It's good enough to watch. It's good. I mean, and there's a lot to dig into in this episode. Like, I, they gave us a lot, so... Uh, I forgot that he did Prometheus, so now I'm kind of a little skeptical. I forgot about that, The too. first yeah. hour of Prometheus is so much to dig into, yeah, and then yeah. it's such a bad ending it builds all these things because there is no ending it's yeah. just that the mm. que- it's just questions no answers no not even attempt to answer mm, he may do some of that in this show maybe because uh you can or see ideas can that. yeah setting all these ideas maybe he'll be a little more 
Maybe. Maybe he's a little more refined. Substantive and, and has figured out not to jerk the know. audience around. Uh, Fuck him. I'm, I'm in. Fuck him. All right. Good <laughs> review. We're going to keep watching. Uh, listener, let us know what you think. Uh, let's do some news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. <laughs> That was a very crisp. Part. That was very was. nice. Juicy. Uh, dude, William Salgado posted something to our Facebook group. Kind of a neat Easter egg. Maybe, maybe unintentional. He says, uh, for the Joker movie, he says, I haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah, I know it's late. I saw this picture on another page and it seems like the time is always the same in a lot of scenes. Is it a coincidence or is it just luck that everything happens on the same time? And in this photo that's been going around the internet, the, all the clocks, are at 11-11. Uh, and there's a couple of reasons this could be. I like some of the theories. What do you guys think? Uh, I have some comments from our listeners about explanations. But what do you guys think? Do you think this is intentional? Is this a sign that yes, this is intentional? So, But if it's intentional, does this saying that everything is in Arthur's head? That's the first thing I thought of. Is That's that the first thing I thought of. It's too. all made up in his head because I, the I time thought of this. Move. Because the fiddlesticks brought this up to me when I recorded the show, and we did a little post talk, and he pointed it out. And I delete. I believe it is also intentional. I didn't see it in the movie. I didn't notice it either. But it is by by raising that it's very possible that this whole thing was in Arthur's head. So there, the fact that you can see the clock yeah, in the shot, yeah. it, it, it's dubious. Mm-hmm. It's like. Okay, why in this particular shot where he's slamming his head against the door? Why is the clock? Is there a clock so visible prominent. at that time? Yeah. Yeah. So there is a couple of things at play. On the one hand, the number 1111 has a lot of interesting connections to it. Blake Braden says uh, and, uh, the phrase 1111, uh, you know, you make a wish. He, he quoted, an energetic gateway has opened for you, rapidly manifesting your thoughts into reality, choosing your thoughts wisely at this time, ensuring that they match your desires. As in, don't put any energy into thinking about fears at all, lest you manifest them. Matt Delhauer added, or tie in the same thing theme as Jordan Peele's Us and the use of Jeremiah 11.11 Bible quote, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Now, on the other hand, if you Google 11.11 in movies, you will see that this is used in a lot of fucking movies. Clocks are always at 11.11. Prop clocks. Also, Malofsky points out the hands form a shape of a smile. It's a known tactic in watch ads. Just Google them. They all show the same time because it looks like the clock is smiling at you. Also set at 11.11. And then officially from Todd Phillips and Joaquin, uh, they said in an IndieWire article interview, it's just a coincidence. He knows it's in there a couple of times. Uh, he just thinks that uh, it doesn't mean anything to him, and uh, people are, are are digging too much into it. So there's a lot of crazy things with 11.11. If we think it's intentional, I think it adds a nice layer on top of this movie. It's another wi- another talking point that this How movie How can it not with. be intentional, though? They're saying that all the clocks are always put that way. Prop clocks are always set at 11.11 because it looks right. like the, it's the nicest look on a clock. Hmm. I don't know. Especially on film sets. They could have been from the same prop house. They could have reused the same clock. Spotted Emily would, points out. I, don't I'm, I didn't see it in the movie again, but I, I would 
believe that it is intentional. Just the vibe of the entire. There's film. A, also a horror movie called Eleven Eleven about the time Eleven Eleven. I mean, it's done uh-huh. in a lot of movies, and Jordan Peele's Us also like Del Hauer. Apparently, there's a whole thing about Eleven Eleven. Hmm. So, if whether it references evil or madness or insanity or delusion, I don't know. I like it though <laughs> because it's a nice little touch. Uh, Jess Rivera wants to know anyone watching Batwoman. Geek boner, geek boner, or floppy jock, floppy jock, slight chubster for all the Chicago Gotham scenes. Anthony, I know you haven't fucking watched this. I haven't seen it, but I, my friend Rex, who's been on the show, oh uh, yeah, says, um, what's her face? What's the actress? Ruby name? Rose, terrible in this show. She, well, look, she's a little one note. She's just kind so, of that's all I got. The same uh, badass kind of one level of uh, acting. Rugs, have you seen any of this? No, <laughs> it's not bad. It's very no. CW. Of course, it's what you would. It's exactly. I'm done with those shows. It's exactly what you would expect from a new CW show. I've seen five of those fucking shows. I don't need this shit. I, I do love that, ever th- again. Uh, <laughs> that Gotham is Chicago. Like just, just like in the movie Joker, unapologetically, it's New York. All this right. is clearly Chicago. Let me uh, ask some questions. Okay. How long till she gets a little Scooby Gang? Oh, it's already building. Uh, Lucius. Oh, okay. So <laughs> Lucius is Fox. Fuck this son. show. Lu- uh, Luke Fox. <laughs> Fuck that show. Luke Fox. So Batman has been, Bruce Wayne Batman has been missing for three years. And in the first episode, she very easily breaks in and com- and finds the whole Batcave. And Luke Fox has been looking over it. He modifies the suit for her. And I've watched the first three episodes. So it isn't until the third episode that she gets the red uh, wig and stuff. But there's a nice mystery with Magpie, the character of Tommy Elliott. That you may know as Hush. Oh, shit. Is on the show, and there's a lot of talk about Bruce. There's a cool little twist between Magpie and Ruby Rose and her origin. Uh, and I don't know. It's, it's, it's all right. It's typical. She, Ruby Rose is adequate, but she is like always, it's like the same kind of level of look. I just feel like that every one of these CW shows eventually becomes the same exact fucking Oh, yeah, show. absolutely. There's a formula. Yeah, that's true. The uh, the spin-off, Arrow spin-off, is going to be called Green Arrow and the Canaries. So once Arrow's over, it's not going to be over. There's going to be another Green Arrow show with a bunch of chicks being Green Arrow. There's going to be a Green Arrow. Green Arrow and the Canaries. And it's like they're him and Felicity's daughter from the future, something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to be watching that either. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, uh, Bad Woman's all right. Uh, I've been watching Flash and they're heavily setting up for the crisis on Infinite Earth. You're still watching that, huh? I got, the Flash is the only one that I'm, <laughs> I'm watching. Uh, but God, this damn. crossover should be good. Yeah, it's all right. Like, that's what you are basically doing what, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, you're just sitting there fucking just, Lapping this shit up. <laughs> no, if, you shit that you've seen a thousand times. If I times. was into it that much, I would be watching all of the shows that I kind of have not watched Arrow or Supergirl or I checked out Batwoman. Yeah, but you still got your tongue on the tit a little bit. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta know what my man Grant Gustin Barry Allen's doing. I just, uh, sometimes you miss him. You gotta know what Peter Parker's doing. I, I mean, know, Grant it's, Gustin it's Peter is, uh, exactly. Barry Allen. Peter Parker running through time. Uh, so <laughs> Batwoman slight, the uh, little tiny boner. Geek boner. I don't. Floppy jock. Floppy jock. Some people are taking it. Whoa, though. that's fucking dead close. Right? Anthony <laughs> is really good. All right, last thing I want to do here, listeners. You know how we always ask you to leave us a rating and reviewing. Uh, leave us an Apple Podcast review, but you may not know what to write. 
which I've been in that situation. There have been podcasts that I want to leave a review. I don't know what to do with my hands. And I want to open and I open it up and I'm like, ah, I don't know what to say. Well, I have some examples from some great uh, reviews we've gotten recently. Anthony, why don't you read this first one? I'm going to have you guys read these as an example of what to write if you want to leave us a review. This this review was from Joe Havoc 101. Thank you, Joe. Uh, if you're a fan of podcasts, then you must subscribe. Do it. <laughs> the difference in the three hosts make this fun and entertaining and, and he's supposed to say and, and entertaining <laughs> listen each and every week. There's a jock, a nerd, and a freaking foul mouth puppet. Yeah. I can't get the audio drops out of my head. Geek boner. Love it. Geek boner. That's great. That is a perfect review. Uh, thank you, Joe Havoc. Uh, Rugs. Where can those yeah. find you? Oh, sorry. Rugs, read oh, yeah. the second one. This is by that douche. What Whoa. a douche, fellas. Love this show. Found this show by Googling good pop culture po- uh, podcasts. And it instantly became one of my favorites. Funny, interesting, and most importantly to me, consistent. If you like Fat Man Beyond or Collider Heroes, I highly recommend this show. And I want to say something else. Oh, that's, uh, I'm not going that's, to. Thanks, Bill. That's yeah, high praise. That is high praise. Fuck those shows. Oh, I love <laughs> Fuck that show. That is an amazing comparison to be put with those shows. I'll take it. Thank you, Bill. Uh, this next one is kind of weird. Uh, you could be weird. It's fine. It's from Gorilla Tokyo. Uh, I think I know who this is really I from. I think I made O2. The title is Montreal Jack Cheese. Oh, <laughs> now, that is an inside uh, yeah, Facebook Nation group cuts, yeah. joke. Uh, all, in all capital letters, Gorilla Tokyo writes, I like this podcast. It is great. There are many podcasts like it, but I like this one best. Tony likes Godzilla and sports. I mean, like Spider-Man. <laughs> I think he meant to type Imran, and it came out, I mean. No, I think he meant to put I mean. Uh, funny. I think I'm going to call you I, I mean. mean <laughs> I mean, uh, great enthusiasm with the caps and the exclamation. Uh, love that one. And then I had to put this in. This is probably my favorite review. You want me to read this? Yes. One? This is one of my favorite reviews we've ever gotten. This one's from Just Jess 21. Uh, title's called Home of the Geek Boner. Um, nerd juices not flowing. Having floppy jock, floppy jock. issues. The old poontine not as moist as it once was. <laughs> Come get your geek boner with a great nerd and occasionally almost slightly decent sport podcast. Yeah. Talking nerd. I love that. I love that. He's got poutine in there. He's got floppy jugs. What is poutine for people who don't know? Uh, it's, it's Canadian. Canadian. It's, I believe it's fries it's and gravy. It's fancy fries, right? Yeah, it's fries and gravy. And I think those are the main elements. Lisa Morrison, please correct me if I'm wrong. And then they put well, some you can add, uh, yeah, you can add like some meats on there. Right. But it, I think the, the, mm. the cheese curds are important. I think the main thing is potato and gravy. Brown gravy, yeah. French fries, cheese curds. Um, I've had it with some beef cheek, kind of a gourmet upgrade of poutine. beef cheek. Beef cheek. It was. It, and I, this came out of a food truck in Wisconsin. It's fucking great. When I was in Vancouver, I had an opportunity to order poutine, and I didn't. Now, does your poutine have to be moist? It's it's, got, it's the gravy. More poutine, please. <laughs> oh shit! It's gotta be. My balls was hot. It's gotta be warm. I like to have some moist poutine. This poutine's too dry. That means they didn't put <laughs> enough gravy on the poutine. You want enough gravy to cheese curd to French fries. I like my poutine wet. I like my poutine wet and sloppy and drippy. Absolutely. Yeah. And hot. Drugs, aside from your poutine, where else can the listener find you? Oh, God. <laughs> oh. 
All right, you can find me on Twitter at really rug boy, and uh, you can see me uh, interacting with Devin Fracci. Oh, he liked our tweets of uh, the Beastie Boys lyrics. That was a lot of fun. That's right. Rugs also serving felty justice on Twitter as well as Sesame Street. That's right. Find the show notes for this episode, listener, jockandnerd.com slash 299. Links to everything we talk about, how to stay in touch, how to subscribe. If this is your first show, subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts. Uh, there's YouTube videos. You'll never miss a show. And tell a friend. Spread the Can I say one more thing before can. we go? Happy Halloween, motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. We'll peep you next time. Jingle bells, Batman smells. Robin laid an egg. Well, that's a fucking Christmas. Batmobile yeah. lost his Chicken wheel. Chicken treats, my feet. Give me something good to eat. Joker got away. Don't, I don't care. I will pull down your underwear. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yeah.